Can I buy you guys a drink? Guess not. Patrick Swayze is Dalton. I thought you'd be bigger. Opinions vary. When he's around, anything can happen. How's a guy like you end up bouncing? Just lucky, I guess. And usually does. If somebody gets in your face, I want you to be nice. Don't! Don't be rude! Ask him to walk, but be nice. Help this gentleman to the door. Until it's time to not be nice. So says the fighting philosopher. He may be hard to handle. I keep talking, you're going to go off thinking I'm a nice guy. I know you're not a nice guy. But he's easy to like. What's the matter, Dalton? Don't you like women? Worst I ever had was wonderful. He's not what you'd expect. I thought you'd be bigger. <laughs> but there's one thing you can count on. He's the best friend a good time ever had. <laughs> This is my town. I'm not afraid of him. I guess you'll be having that fire sale now, all right? <laughs> you got your hands full, kid. Patrick Swayze. For that line of work, I thought you'd be bigger. Gee, I've never heard that before. Roadhouse. I guess I should clarify, Patrick Swayze, not dead. I mean, not to the best of my knowledge. Well, then the next boss. I mean, to uh, freak everybody out. It is uh, four minutes. There's just never a bad time for Patrick Swayze. Really, there's there's no time and no moment. There's no morning where Patrick Swayze doesn't work to kick things off. It's true, but that was my first thought. Uh, sorry about that. No. no, you freaked me out because I haven't had any chance to look at any of the celebrity gossip. Or what not yet. Be Arthur dead. Patrick Swayze still alive to the best of my knowledge. It is five minutes and 15 seconds after the hour of five in this, the month of April in the year of our Lord 2009. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101 KUFO. And good morning to you. It is Tuesday. And uh, welcome to day 12. It's 503-733-2970. Ah, did it again. 503-228-4101 is our uh, phone number. 503-228-4101 is our uh, number here on the uh, Rick Emerson Show. If you would like to join us with your comments, questions, clarifications, kvetches, ruminations, ponderings, musings, whatever it is uh, you might have. 503-228-4101. Greg Nibbler standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious... The mundane or the absurd. It's uh, 503-228-4101. You can email if you like. It is rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah with an H at KUFO.com. Tim at KUFO.com. Or Nibbler at KUFO.com. Uh, Coming up later on today, we have a uh, geek watch. We have a uh, visit from our friend Don Taylor of Cinematical. Katie Darrell from TMZ.com will be uh, joining us today. CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Uh, from Los Angeles, CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop. 
And uh, we will talk to uh, Lisa Desjardins from The Hill. That is, uh, coming up today, it's 503-228-4101. Uh, coming up today as well, a pair of tickets to see Brett Michaels at the Roseland. Uh, that is coming up May 6th. You get a pair of passes to see Brett Michaels when he comes to the Roseland, as well as a meet and greet and the chance to join Brett on stage for the final song of the night. That would be Poison's Nothing But a Good Time. It's 503-228-4101. Ladies and gentlemen, we're joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. Hello, how are you today? Good morning. I'm doing well. I think I might have woken up with a bit of a head cold, though. Hopefully it's not swine flu. All right. Hmm. Uh-huh. I know. All right. There's still plenty of vaccine available. Uh-huh. Uh, thank goodness. Tim and I are looking at each other right now, knowing that if push comes to shove, we're going to do what needs to be done. Well, you, okay, thank you. you see that picture on Drudge about the woman on the empty airplane with the face mask on? I did. Aren't there always those crazy women, though, on planes who wear the face masks? Well, this, I like went the home, people who bike ride by you wearing the, the masks over their faces. I went home last night and Laura was watching CNN. And at the, her credit, she wasn't taking anything too seriously. But it was it, it, it's just like bathing in some sort of a panic uh, jacuzzi. You go home and you turn on the news at any point because there's nothing they love more than something that might come out of the blue to eradicate all of us. Uh, so they just, uh, I mean, it was just like 24-hour uh, swine epidemic last night. So, which I think, and they stopped drawing the distinction at some point between people who actually had the swine flu and people who just presented some sort of flu-like symptom, which really, I mean, on any given day, about two-thirds of the people you know exhibit some sort of behavior that could conceivably be considered flu-like. And as we deduced during yesterday's program, all you really have to do now to get your school closed is to just say, I don't know, I got this sniffle. It just came out of nowhere. And then suddenly, you know, everybody has to be sent home. So they were they were talking about that school in Queens or in the Bronx or whatever it was, where they were just kind of shutting everything down. And I don't think they ever even came to the conclusion that there was anybody who, who had the thing. It was just... It was just one of those one of those things that they decided to uh, overreact to because it is uh, because that's what we do in America. So, by the way, it's interesting to note that if you look at the CNN prep sheet, every single person who was talking about anything for CNN is also talking about swine. Swine flu has become the journalistic uh, version of in bed that you order the end Scott's of your fortune cookie. The hell, Tim Wait, Riley? Everyone's looking at me. <laughs> I, just I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's because that sound... I just potted your computer down and it stopped. <laughs> it's because when, when something is, plays for no readily apparent reason, it is usually coming off your machine. Your machine uh, seems to be built on some sort of Indian burial ground over there. It yeah. probably is, but I have one of the new modern ones. All right. Well, in any event. <clears throat> so it's 503-733-2970. Don Taylor coming up today. CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum, James Roop, Lisa Desjardins, and from TMZ.com. Uh, Katie Darrow plus uh, Brett Michaels uh, tickets. We have a Geek Watch coming up today. And uh, we will do the top five pig songs of all time. That is the top five pig songs uh, coming up today. We're joined today, as always, by the uh, lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. Hey, <laughs> you already said that, crazy. I Not allowed to reset? So you can reset. Last night I got the photo that you sent me. This yes, is I'm getting it out right now. At about, uh, I don't know, maybe 9 o'clock or so, 9.15. So Sarah sends me this picture because I come back from Vegas yesterday and I bought you one of those electronic cigarettes, which is the sort of plastic cigarette-like device that you are able to smoke in the bars or restaurants of your choosing. So I got this photograph and I don't even know where it was, but it was just you with the electric cigarette in your mouth and the end of it glowing. Uh-huh. And it looks for all the world like a regular cigarette. I mean, there's, if you didn't know any different, I mean, if you were just sort of look at it casually, you, you would have no realization that it wasn't in fact real. 
So, wait, like, wait, it doesn't have well, so it doesn't have any tobacco in it. It doesn't have any smoke. Doesn't have any fire. It's just concentrated nicotine and a vapor mist run by a battery. So basically, when you smoke it, it, it smells and tastes like vanilla, like lavender air. So it's like a nicotine. And it disappears. So you blow out and it, it kind of it turns into this vapor and just disappears. So it's a nicotine-filled cigarette-shaped asthma inhaler, basically. Pretty much. I mean, that's more or less what be. So does it, is there a button or something on nope. it? And you Or you drag and that's This is how one of the fancy pants ones, Rick. Why, thank you very much no, again. Nothing um, but the best. No, where you inhale and the tip lights up, so it turns bright orange, and then when you stop sucking on it, the tip uh, fades back to gray. But so, I guess I guess there are like more ghetto ones that you can get that you have to push a button and then it just like no, no, is no. constantly orange at the end. No, no, no. Do I when I buy when I buy a gift I go all out. If I almost wish that they made a version that didn't have nicotine in it because it's, they do it, because it's kind of fascinating. I mean, so what is the non-nicotine version? They have them. They're they're different levels. There's the there's the zero and there's the. Uh, low, medium, and high. So you can get them with zero milligrams of nicotine, which is basically like going to a hookah place. Oh, so that's like, and so that, that's maybe if you're trying to step down your nicotine intake. Mm-hmm. You can start with the regular one, and then you get you get down to the one that is. Or it's uh, just like you, if you um, you know, think it looks kind of neat. If I just want to irritate people, exactly. If I just want to cause a ruckus. So did you now? Did you have anybody come over and tell you to, to put it out because Mm-mm. they thought it was a cigarette? No, but I did have the annoying thing was is that I did have a lot of people want to try it. Like even strangers, I'm like, no, you can't. No. Can I? <laughs> that's really gross. That thing that's in your mouth. Can I put it in my mouth? And then put it back in your and mouth. And then inhale really deeply on That's it. That's great. Wonderful. I'll just pass that over. Excellent. No, it was the coolest thing ever. And so I was in, yeah, I was in the bar just um, puffing away. And P.S. Like, I have some friends who smoke as well. And they're all already online and they're already ordered. Man, you know, here's what I'm saying right now. If I could buy shares in that company, because I don't, I think it's a privately held company that, that makes that sort of a thing. And what they really ought to do, because I saw that thing. Uh, at the kiosk in Vegas, but that, but it wasn't because I really noticed it visually. It's because they had this sort of looping commercial that was playing over the, the you know, the loudspeaker, where it was a woman's like a sort of clipped kind of British voice that was saying, um, "Of course, you know, do you, do you wish to smoke in public, but you find that American smoking laws are too restrictive?" And I looked over, and then you see the video screen of the woman using the electronic cigarette. What they really ought to do is they ought to do what they do with like Jaeger girls, or then they used to have like Marlboro girls, or. But it was like they chicks with they cigarettes. Have, they have camel girls. Camel girls. Uh-huh. They just sort of either walk through the bar or whatever or they used to, and they you know they had the cigarettes with them. They ought to do that with those. They ought to just get some guy, some some chick, and just outfit her with a bunch of electronic cigarettes, and then just have her go sit in a bar somewhere or in a restaurant mm-hmm. and use the thing and then sell it right there. So, oh, right. that would be genius. Yeah, I, I would like to head the Portland branch. Ex- excellent. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, so that was my excitement. And as I was making, this sounds so trashy, but I don't care. So I made myself a stir fry for dinner last night and then had this sitting on the counter next to me. This is the best part of the, my, this is the best part of my night. So, and the irony is actually, as you sent me the photograph of you using the electronic cigarette, uh, I was out with uh, our good friend Joni and we were at my father's place where you, you know, you used to be able to smoke and, and now you cannot. And she, you know, she's kind of cut down on smoking anyway, or she's quit smoking, or whatever. So she's kind of got that weird... No more nicotine in my blood system uh, kind of crank going on most mm-hmm. of the time. And that's as you sent me uh, the cigarette, and I was showing it to her. And then I called you on the way home. And this is the best thing that I've ever heard. I called Sarah last night. I say, how's the electronic cigarette working out? And Sarah goes, it's fine. I'm making dinner right now, and I'm smoking. <laughs> so the idea that you were actually just using the thing inside your apartment is kind of... No, weird. it was so weird. It doesn't smell like anything. It smells like... Um, my friend Kelsey and I assessed that it smells like my Febreze candle. I have this like Febreze, like lavender, like scented candle thing, and it smells exactly like that. Excellent. It is five zero three seven three three two nine seventy, ladies and gentlemen. At the news desk on this Tuesday is your personal savior. 
a man who we can only describe as waiting for his theme music, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Why can I not hear myself? Oh, no, I can't. Okay. From Roseburg comes word. What's going on over there this morning? I don't know. I couldn't hear it, then I could. <laughs> a bizarre series of events in Roseburg when a man wrecked his pickup and began shooting at passing motorists who refused to give him a ride. Now, nobody was hurt. Police took, uh, apparently took his problems to a car dealership and threatened employees in an attempt to get keys to a brand new Corvette. This happened when the man's white pickup truck crashed for an unknown reason on the northbound lanes of I-5 near Myrtle Creek. After the crash, the man reportedly demanded a ride from other vehicles that stopped to help. And when the drivers declined, he fired at least four shots from a handgun as they drove away. That doesn't seem like any way to get people on your side, Tim. Mm-hmm. So then a witness calls 911. The man takes off, abandons his pickup in the middle of I-5, snagging a ride from an unsuspecting truck driver who drove him about 15 miles up to Roseburg. Somebody in a red pickup truck then gave the suspect a ride to the Clint Newell Auto Dealership, where he allegedly threatened to shoot people if they didn't give him a brand new Corvette. So police are looking for the, uh, were looking for the shooter along I-5 when they received a report about a confrontation going on at the dealership. Roseburg police quickly responded, arrested the man. Gregory Scott Vandross of Myrtle Creek is taken to Douglas County Jail on charges of first-degree attempted assault and second-degree robbery. And then there might be even more charges after this. They recovered a semi-automatic handgun at the scene of the freeway shooting, but no weapon found at the car dealership. That doesn't seem like a way that you can... Uh, it's not like a patron at Dale Carnegie or anything to try to uh, get people on your side just he by waving... He needs to join Toastmasters or something. <laughs> waving a gun. Yes, and the uh, and the Rotary Club. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, uh, this is our first uh, bike collision, I think, of the spring. Police are investigating a fatal crash after a cyclist apparently struck the side mirror of an oncoming pickup truck and died in Northeast. Happened at 5.15 yesterday afternoon at the intersection of Northeast 106th. In northeast of Wilder, police said the cyclist was riding the wrong way, which is a one-way street, and was in a traffic lane rather than in the bike lane when the collision occurred. Can I tell you this? I have uh, lived in Portland now for 11 years, and I did that thing last night that you see somebody do every now and again where I turned the wrong way down a one-way street. And for no, like, and I wasn't wasn't distracted. I wasn't uh, it wasn't on my phone. I wasn't. It wasn't like the thing where I've dropped something on the floor of the car, and I'm kind of looking down to the floor, and I'm steering with the other hand, and I look up, and I kind of think I know where I'm going, and then I turn, and I wonder why all the headlights are pointing at me. I I was coming from um, I was coming from uh, like Grand, and about I don't know uh like Grand and well whatever my father's place is on. Um, but I was going up to, I was trying to get basically to like 7th and Madison or something like that. And I was doing this increasingly weird series of right-hand turns, kind of trying to avoid some construction that was happening. And the next thing I know, I'm turning and you have that series of thought processes that happen in your brain where you kind of go, that's odd. All the parked cars seem to be the wrong way. Why can't I see any of these signs? And then you, you know, this is all happening in like a fraction of a second. And then suddenly you kind of go, and that's right. And here's the thing. If in Portland, if you find, or really anywhere, but in Portland in this case, if you find yourself on a one-way street going the wrong way, if you're me, your first instinct is not that you're even sort of concerned for your safety. It's that you feel kind of silly and you want to get turned around, not so you don't die, but because you don't want anybody to see you and then do that thing of having to flash their lights at you to indicate that you are, in fact, driving the wrong direction altogether. It's simply because you don't want to you know, look like a, a rule. Oh, you were in your car, not on your bike. Oh, no. I know. Okay. bike. <laughs> I was kind of surprised What's that, that you were Sarah? on your bike. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, this was in a car. So, I mean, I really ought to have been concerned that I was... 
you know, plummeting towards other cars made out of steel and glass at 35 miles an hour. But no, instead, I just don't want to look silly. So that's my whole thing. And you will also do this. You, If you catch yourself going the wrong way to one-way street, you will stop, you'll turn around, and then you do two things. You look around to make sure that nobody saw it because you wish to look as uh, as though you know what you're doing. And then you just look around for a cop that you know is probably right there. I mean, it's all just about saving face at that point. Here's uh, Tim Riley. Uh, Portland School is monitoring a group of 18 students who went to Mexico and came home. This is the Portland Episcopal School. The students left Thursday. It was supposed to be 10 days to study Spanish. Well, they came back. Local hospitals have taken precautions to keep the swine flu from spreading into clinics and emergency rooms. First of all, there are no cases here so far. Uh, people who come in seeking help will see signs telling them to cover their mouths. <laughs> Covering I'm, your mouth does I'm no serious. good, by the way. That's, Somebody made signs that cover your mouth. <laughs> and this is where? At local hospitals. Really? Is that what? The, so they're going to send a camera crew out probably today. Is that the extent of Western medicine's advancement yeah. at this point? Cover your mouth, Cover please. your mouth. You know, people as, don't know that. I mean, uh, the, the, covering your mouth, that is sort of the um, putting your hand in front of your face hole is kind of the <laughs> swine flu version of duck and cover. You know what I mean? Hiding underneath your being an extra eight inches away from the nuclear blast area is really not going to save your life. And putting your hand directly in front of your mouth is not going to stop like streptococcus or swine flu from coming out and filling the room. That's not how air works. I I think someone has misunderstood exactly how uh, how things travel through the air around you. At Providence St. Vincent, they have a special room for you if you have the swine flu. It's called an isolation room. Really? You'll be left there forever. It's like... They'll check on you every so often. They'll look at you through a small window. Well, he's still there. It's like an Intel clean room. Fantastic. Well, what's new with the uh, Craigslist killer, you ask? Oh, this is even worse. Apparently, he went by the moniker Sex Addict 5385 when he was trolling the Craigslist for transsexual sex. This uh, transsexual fellow went on a talk show and told all about it. I posted an ad on Craigslist under Mail for T, which stands for Males for Transsexuals. That's where he found me. This will be very difficult for his fiancée to hear. It would be tough for, any, for anyone to hear, to hear that, that your fiancé is saying that he is single and looking for sex online anonymously. With men? With men, with men who dressed up as women, with transsexuals, with anyone he would be able to get online. This person was, was trolling Craigslist like Monopoly game. I don't know who else he, he contacted through there. So do you think there are others out there? I do. Absolutely. I think there's there are other people out there who, who are either afraid to come out or uh, don't know that they communicate with him. That's right. Not only is a killer, he was trolling for homosexuality online. Well, Tim, that's the corrupting nature of the Internet. What does it mean that he was when the guy says he was trolling Craigslist like Monopoly? Well, it says here, according to one of his ads under Sex Addict 5385, who he allegedly is, I am a 22 year old grad student, 6'3", 205. Uh, good build, blonde, blue eyes. Let me know what you want to see. Uh, so he, apparently he was online looking for that. And then there was another woman. He was also looking for uh, heterosexual women to murder. He was tall. He <laughs> Except with the headline. And, guy. Yeah. When I first laid eyes on him, I was comfortable. So we went into the room. And as soon as I had closed the door, I turned around. That's when he pulled out the gun. I actually twisted right out of the ties and like took the tape off my mouth and I waited for probably about a minute and looked down to the hallway just to make sure he wasn't standing out there. And then I went to the the, the room next door. So the critic says Kittle can't afford a lawyer either because he's $120,000 in debt with student loans and he's only a sophomore. Break. Well, 
All right. I'm so confused. I have many questions about the uh, alleged uh, Craigslist killer when we return. It just gets worse and worse. Or better and better, Tim. I thought he was just a garden variety serial killer, but not anymore. Does it it seem a little implausible to you that he's online looking for transsexuals to have relations with, but also then just looking for people to murder? Well, you can have more than one window open. But I mean... (laughs) Pardon me, can I do tabbed browsing here? Great, that's fantastic. Where's my knife? All right. Uh, it's the Rick Emerson Show. Straight ahead, CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. And uh, more news on this Tuesday morning. It's Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. You're listening to Mornings with Morons and Suck. On Rock 101 KUFO. All right. Then. It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Good morning. It is uh, Tuesday. All right. I feel better. And I brush my teeth. I had this weird kind of mushmouth thing going on. Right. I had a glass of orange juice uh, this morning. And so I had that weird uh, kind of citrusy thing going on in my mouth where everything kind of goes and then puckers up. You talk up. for a living. You can't drink orange juice in the morning. Well, you know, I typically don't. I'm drinking it right now. Well, see, because uh, Tim is a heartier uh, person than I am. He's made Tim's a sterner. Tim's hardcore. He's made a sterner stock. <laughs> well, I have uh, the same thing every morning for breakfast yeah, at the same time. I typically so he's do. used to it. You're not. I deviated, though, and I had this, yes, this very citrusy, acidic orange juice. And then it's that thing where your mouth just it, it sort of just uh, like cinches all the way up, and you can't quite enunciate the way that uh, that is ideal. I would have... Brush my teeth actually three different times during this commercial break because I'm an OCD freak. So there you go. Fantastic. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. See, I, uh, already just back at a thousand percent. CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, sir. And let's try this again. Hello, CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Sounds like he's vacuuming. Hello. Hello. Hi, Steve. Oh, this hey, Rick. I'm not sure if you can hear me, but. Uh... Sort of hear you like a whisper. Like, all right. Uh, seems like there's some sort of poem I could make out of that. Let me no, careless this, whisper. All right. Well, that's. Let me just a bit of uh, b- behind the scenes business. That's ringing on an entirely different line than it was yesterday. By the way. So, do we want to? Uh, Can you hear it now, Steve? Well, hold on. I got to pick him back up. All right. Okay. And yeah, that's fantastic. That's great. <laughs> Thanks so much, Steve. I appreciate. You it. must have done something to upset him. Well, I can tell you, he was on the phone in the other room. I well, no, he was he was on the phone here. I mean, I just I just heard him speaking. He just can't hear me. Well, that's wonderful. All right. Well, that was ringing on line eight, uh, which actually it doesn't even really show up on my uh, my screen here. So I'm uncertain as to what was just happening. Okay. Well, fantastic. We'll remedy that situation and get right back to it. See, it's ringing. Really? It's ringing again, and I'm unclear about whether I should even answer that. You know, I'm just going to stare at the phone for a second and see what happens. No, no, no. Well, we do I, have. I, I, like... Don't staring. I'm staring. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't know I could Hold on. talk when you were staring. No, no, no. I'm trying to have some sort. I'm having to have a mind meld with the phone. All right. Okay, I'm going to try this one more time. If it doesn't work, I'm just going to go home and go back to bed. Uh, hello. Uh, hi. You're on the Rick Emerson show, Steve Kastenbaum. Caller, you say what? Right. <laughs> all right. Are you able? To, are you able to hear me at this point? Now I hear you. All right. Yay. I don't know what the hell that was all about. It's all, all because right. you drank orange juice this morning, right? Yeah, you know what it is? I'm just throwing everything up. You know what? Here's the thing. I got a weird, like, thing going on with my mouth because I had some orange juice that was overly acidic. And so I'm... Like, that thing where your mouth doesn't want to quite work properly because everything is tightened up a little bit. And then Sarah just revealed to me during the break that she's got a big piece of beef jerky stuck between some of her molars. So we're a whole lot of uh, oral nice. mishap going on in the studio the other day. Really, you know what? You know it's really annoying when when you go to a movie and you have popcorn and and you wake up the next day and you still have a little kernel stuck in between your teeth. I well, hate that one. Well, there's that. There's there's that. There's the popcorn kernel in the gum line, and then occasionally you'll do the thing in a tall with a tortilla chip where you get the the tiny little microscopic fragment of, the, of a tortilla chip stuck in your throat somewhere, 
and you know that it's minuscule. I mean, you're talking about something that is like the size of a pencil point, and yet it seems like it is keeping your entire throat from working. I mean, it feels like the size of a boulder back there. So... What do you do when you go out to uh, dinner with a friend and you have, like, spinach or kale and a little piece gets stuck between your teeth? Do you take it out right there at the table? Do you mean between my teeth or if it's between the teeth of the other person? <laughs> your teeth. Um, I will do this. I will, I will occasionally just put – I won't even try to hide it. I'll just put my hand in front of my mouth and say, look away for a second. I have something between my incisors. And I will put my hand in front of my face, and then I'll just kind of – I'll just sort of poke around it behind my hand trying to get rid of it. And then, of course, depends on your relationship with the other person. If it's somebody you know uh, well, your close friends, or you have an intimate relationship, then you can just say, like, hey, is that still, is that still right? He there's a gone. Yeah, but, but I have no, I'm not averse to just getting up and just going into the restroom and just jabbing around until I kind of clean out whatever needs to be cleaned out. Yeah, that sounded really fake, inappropriate. I had to fake it. I had to uh, yes, excuse myself and say I needed to go to the bathroom on Sunday. I had one of those uh, situations. Uh, yeah. No, really, here's, really annoying. No, no, no. Here's my thing. And even worse than somebody who has food stuck between their teeth is this. Can I just mention something that I know irritates everybody on planet Earth? And it's one of the most unsettling and off-putting things to see happening to somebody else. Like, I will point out to somebody uh, if they've got uh, food between their teeth. I'll point out to somebody if they've got, you know, like if they got to some schmutz on their face or something. Or if, somebody's having, if somebody has like a cowlick going on in their hair, I'll point that out. Here's something that is uniquely um, unsettling, and yet it's a thing that you can never bring to anybody's attention, and that is this. That is when you see somebody speaking, and I'm going to say something now that everybody will recoil from, but everybody knows what I'm talking about because you've all had this experience, where you are watching somebody speak, and then they get that weird spit in the corner of their mouths when they're talking. Oh, yeah. And there's nothing you can say about that. Be, like, it's one thing if somebody just has, like, an, like an asparagus chunk stuck between two of their, uh, their molars or something. Like, you can, you can kind of bring and go, hey, you got a little, uh, you got a little something between your teeth, Bob. You want to go in the bathroom and take a look at that. A guy's talking, he gets the spit in the corner of his mouth. There's nothing you can say. You just have to sort of avert your eyes and live with it. There's no way to, uh, there's no way to deal with that. I've had that happen while I was, uh, interviewing, like, gov government officials. That's really fun. Like you're talking to Mario Cuomo or somebody, and he just sort of uh, he just sort of accumulates there. And then you want to distract him with like a ball of catnip or something and then reach up and sort of daub it away. It's all very unsettling. You're trying to pay attention to what they're saying, but all you can do is focus on that little piece of spit in the corner of their mouth. Yeah. All right. Well, we have to move on. Um, hey, uh, real quickly, so I wanted to, to ask you, so what is, the, what is the story behind this weird shot that I saw this morning of this 747 that appears to be flying, like, into the skyline of New York. Like, how would that even come to be? Isn't that great? Uh, basically, somebody in the White House military office uh, approved a flyover around the Statue of Liberty, and, and which involved circling one of the 747s used uh, by the president around the harbor and over lower Manhattan and, and Jersey City's office towers with an F-16 right behind it. Well, they sent an alert to the police departments around here, but then they told them, you know, this is confidential information. It's only on a need-to-know basis when, it, when we're dealing with any aircraft that the president uses, regardless of whether he's on it or not. So then all of a sudden, yesterday, there's this low-flying jumbo jet, and unless you're really familiar with, with how the, uh, the plane that's often called Air Force One looks, at, at, looks like at a distance, all you knew was there was a big jumbo jet with a fighter plane right behind it circling around lower Manhattan. So people rushed out of their offices. They thought that we were under attack again. Here we go again. Uh, the mayor is furious because not only was he upset that somebody in the White House approved this flight so they could update their photos of the 747 
because the last photos were taken many years ago with Mount Rushmore in the background. Uh, <laughs> the mayor's office, well, somebody in city government who actually got the message from the White House forgot to tell the mayor that it was uh, going to happen. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, I'll tell you what, there's going to be some free office space uh, by the end of the day somewhere. There's going to be uh, any number of nameplates uh, that, uh, that are ready to be updated. Well, it was considered to be highly insensitive and uh, foolish and ill-advised, and that's putting it kindly because people really kind of panicked, and even Barack Obama, when he found out about it, was said to be upset. The president was said to be incensed. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, on that note, I'm going to go uh, compulsively brush my teeth five or six more times. It's, uh, Have fun. What I do. All right. Thank you. CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Fantastic. It's 503-228-4101. Uh, Straight ahead, more news from Tim Riley coming up later on. CNN Radio correspondents Jim Roop and Lisa Desjardins, as well as Katie Darrell from TMZ. Dot com. It's a Rick Emerson show on Rock 101 KUFO. Don't miss a moment of the Rick Emerson show. Or you'll be filled with desperate, miserable shame. Listen online. Live or via podcast at KUFO.com. It is the Rick Emerson show at Rock 101 KUFO. And good morning to you. It is Tuesday. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Don't forget, before the end of today's show, we're going to give away a pair of tickets to see Brett Michaels May 6th at the Roseland. That also comes with a meet and greet and a chance to join Brett Michaels on stage for the last song of the night, Nothing But a Good Time, the lead track from Poison's album, Open Up and Say Ah. Right there. For the end of today's show, uh, we'll also talk to uh, Jim Roop from Los Angeles, Lisa Desjardins from Capitol Hill, and from TMZ, Katie Darrell at the news desk. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Tim Riley. In the News with Tim Riley. And in the news today... A woman and her dog were rescued after a car got stuck on the same mountain road where a California man died in 2006. The Grants Pass Daily Courier reports Sophia Latham was apparently trying to drive to the coast from Galice. When her car got stuck Friday night near Bear Camp Road, Latham and her border collie stayed overnight in her car before she hiked about seven miles to get within cell phone range. Josephine County Sheriff Gil Gilbertson uh, freed her car. He was the uh, only heavy-duty four-wheel drive vehicle around, and that's what you're supposed to have to drive on that road. Whether or not there are warning signs there, I don't know. But uh, James Kim of San Francisco died there in December 2006, uh, trying to get help for his family after he got stuck on that same road. A teenager is accused of burning a school toilet in Banks. Guess the teens are bored there. He's a seventh grader at the Banks Middle School, arrested on arson charges. Washington County deputies arrested the 13-year-old after new information was discovered that connected the boy with burning down the portable toilet. By new information, do you mean a photograph of him on his MySpace page setting fire to said toilet? It doesn't say exactly. Why would they have a portable? Is this a, a school that was still under construction? No, uh, I guess there was some construction in the area. All right. Uh, then we have a van crashing into a cement wall in Beaverton. They say it couldn't happen, but it did. The van crashed into the back of another minivan, sideswept a utility pole, then slammed into a cement wall. It was a rush hour crash, closing down the westbound lanes of Canyon Road. Remember we told you about this yesterday? It was due to a car crashing into a cement wall. People need to be more careful. Authorities say a man accused of money laundering was tripped up because, uh, well, he could have used a little cleaning himself. The court records show during his trips to a Eugene bank, Michael James Walsh drew attention to himself because it was foul body odor. Well, a teller vomited <laughs> during one of his appearances. So he was remembered. 
when a bank would, was robbed. And I, would, so, <laughs> I would imagine so. So uh, he has now run a foul with the law. They, thank you. They vomited because of his body odor? Yes. What did his body odor? I mean, bad, presumably. But bad, I mean, would, yes. Did they quantify the nature of the body odor? Uh, they did not, no. It what is it? I mean, that doesn't even seem like a body odor thing so much as like you're a typhoid Mary of, of the underarm world. I mean, mm-hmm. you're sort of putting off, you know what I mean? Like, I can't, I, I can understand if a guy's got a little bit of a, uh, a funk coming off of him. But really, if you're inducing, if you're inducing stomach upset, uh, that seems like maybe a, a medical issue of some kind. Mm-hmm. Like, perhaps it goes above and beyond what we might consider uh, some sort of an off-putting aroma. The swine flu, is it for you? Well, emergency room physician Dr. Terry McCarthy says a few sniffles and coughs don't necessarily mean you have the swine flu. If you have yeah. the flu, you feel like you've gotten run over by a Mack truck. It's a, You have a real high fever. That might be overstating things ever aches. so slightly. I'm not a doctor. And, I, uh, and those, uh, those masks being distributed? Useless. Useless. Any kind of covering that prevents, you know, spray of droplets when you cough, um, anything that will uh, help protect <laughs> you to some degree may not be perfect, but it's better than nothing. I'm sorry, I got all this droplet spray. <laughs> yeah. All right. Meanwhile, face masks are flying up the shelves in Utah. It's obviously because of the news out of Mexico and the fact that this has mutated through the pig population now to a human-to-human transferable you know, disease that it became apparent that we needed to be prepared. Use has, common sense. Has there been any sort of explanation about how it is that the disease went from pigs to, to humans anyway? Well, there's a, a lot of debate going on right now, and apparently there are some who feel that this isn't actually the swine flu. The WHO, not the real WHO, but the World Health Organization is studying this, and they say it may be misnamed. As a matter of fact, there could be some copyright infringement uh, for this swine flu, so we might have to call it the big disease. Uh, this thing infecting hundreds of people is misnamed, they say, health officials of the WHO are being sent to Mexico to investigate to see if the strain of the virus that has taken up to 149 lives there is truly the swine flu. Well, I, there was some thing yesterday was that it was swine flu and human flu and avian flu or whatever all mixed together, which sounds for all the world like some sort of a weird uh, like government experiment that was just inadvertently released sort of 28 days later uh, style. But... So this is, do they have it in, uh, we haven't, don't have it in Oregon yet, do we? No, not yet. They were, Anderson Cooper was doing that thing, uh, last night with Dr. Sanjay Gupta, where they were showing the map and they had like little virtual push pins showing all the states where the, uh, where the alleged swine flu had been discovered. Then they have the lady with a nice leg standing in front of it, too. Yes, they do, Tim. And I was, uh, waiting to see if there was anything even remotely close to us, but I think California's the, uh, that's the, uh, that's the closest we've gotten here. Well, how about the exploding swine flu? Switzerland had a close call when a box full of swine flu exploded on a train. <laughs> Where do you want this uh, box of swine flu? <laughs> well, I, well, I'll put it on top of the radiator. What could go wrong? So they were bringing this box to the WHO, the World Health Organization. Not to Whoville. No, not to Whoville. The okay. technician was uh, taking the vials to a research facility in Geneva. Uh, and the, the scientists here were working on it. One woman was hurt. When the sample is exploded. <laughs> oh, no, I'm covered halted, in swine flu. Police halted the train and called in virus specialists who arrived on the scene. The experts said the germs escaping the broken vials pose no risk at all to humans, no. even though it's a swine <laughs> flu. And you've just been sprayed. Congratulations, it's swine flu. You're soaking in it. <laughs> well, that's, that's wonderful. All right. How was your day? Well, I was covered in concentrated swine flu that exploded all over me. You? 
All right, here's Tim Riley. Well, it's important to use common sense. Common sense means washing hands, staying home from work or school. Uh, if you feel sick, uh, covering your mouth if you cough or sneeze. Don't we all just understand that the coughing and covering your mouth and sneezing thing is really more out of politeness, that there is no health benefit to that? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're just, it is a close. For example, with, with you all, I mean, if I were to have the swine flu right now, not that I do. I'm just saying if I were to and I and I suddenly were just to have like <coughs> and I'm putting my hand right here, mm-hmm. that didn't really do anything because all that really does is just keep me from coughing. Uh, it, you know, it, that just what did what did you say earlier? The spray, the droplet spray. Yes, that just keeps the droplet spray from hitting my computer monitor or like Sarah's face or something. It doesn't. All the air does is just bounce off my hand and then just go around it into the rest of the room. It doesn't really seem like that's an actual preventative uh, measure. Is right. The last time we had a big one like this, I was reading, was 1976, and Gerald Ford, the long-forgotten president, uh, told everyone to get inoculated, but I don't remember getting a shot for the swine flu. Is that a thing they would have done hmm. sort of mandatorily, or yeah. would you have opted to go do it? Maybe opted to go do it, but he made it available. They had enough doses to cover everyone, well, most everyone who was valuable. So I... <laughs> the people who matter, Tim. The chosen um, few. <laughs> But I don't remember it in 76. Well, maybe I was not on the list. We should it was an offer to me. We should start an urban legend that there's going to be a swine flu vaccine lottery. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, uh, and that only, uh, and that only certain groups of people, by which I mean entertainers, uh, will be, uh, will be spared. Uh, that the rest of humanity will have to fight and claw for their survival every single day, stand style. That's wonderful. All right. Let's do, uh, one more here and then we will, uh, get caught up around the corner. The White House spokesman, Robert Gibbs. I always think he's one of the BGs, but apparently that's Gibb and he's Gibbs. Is uh, giving the president uh, good marks a B plus for his first 100 days in office. The president and the administration are pleased with what has been done in the first 100 days. If you look at restarting uh, the restarting credit flowing, uh, increased financial stability, uh, the passage of a recovery and reinvestment plan. That guy would be so much more interesting if he was a BG. His first 100 days are exemplary. Well, that sounds just like the original. <laughs> that's uh, that's just a rough draft, you understand. That's just a first pass at what they would sound like. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate your charity. All right. It's uh, 503-733-2970. You sons of bitches. Uh, coming up uh, later on, Don Taylor from Cinematical, Katie Darrell from TMZ.com. Uh, and uh, so forth. Now I'm just thinking about that lots of laughs prep service and how they have the... Do they still have that section up today called the Swine Flu Hilarity? They do every morning. It's they too, sure do. It's too, bad, it's too bad that we don't have... Uh, I don't have some contest for which I could use a, like a kooky sort of a pig sounder, you know? Like when you hear the prize pig, except it wouldn't be prize pig, it would be like swag swine. They have an even worse parody song today. Now, yesterday, we didn't play yesterday's. Uh, just uh, real quickly. So we have this uh, this uh, lots of laughs uh, uh, prep service that sort of pre-exists our time here in the building where they just put up all this pre-prepared comedy uh, for jackass DJs. People are under a lot of pressure to write these songs. Yes, they are. Well, you know, there's probably Come a, up with fresh material every guy, day. A guy chained to a desk somewhere. Write me a swine flu song. Exactly. Um, but yesterday, it was a parody, so-called, of the cream song "Strange Brew," um, where it's you know "Strange Brew," la, 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 la. but except it wasn't that. Of course, it was "Swine Flu," and it was just like so much worse than I could even explain. So today is not swine flu. What is today, Sarah? Oh, do I? Do just, you want me to? You're just gonna spring it on me? Do you want me to play it, or do you? No, I think I should just play it. All right, we'll just do a little bit of this. This is from the Lots of Laughs uh, Radio Comedy uh, Service. So bad. All right. Oh God. 
called I've Got, I've got a Sore Throat, I'm Not Feeling Fine. I've got a fever of 103.9. I think I'll open up that jug of vintage wine. I'm short on time. I've got the swine. I've got symptoms of illnesses combined. I've got the doctor and the drugstore on the line. We, you, we can, we can never play this again. I I've got the oh God! I weep. Okay, that's so bad. I weep for this industry. I really do. There's just it's it's hard to believe that radio no longer seems relevant to some people, Sarah. What with cutting edge comedy like that? Good God Almighty! All right, uh, it's five zero three two two eight four one zero one. The Rick Emerson Show continues with Tim Riley at the news desk next. Stay there, Truck One Hundred and One KUFO. Now broadcasting everywhere. One time, I did actually confess that I um, made out with my teddy bear. The Rick Emerson Show returns on Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. And uh, good morning to you. It's 503-733-2970. This email says, Rick, about this swine flu. Not to dismiss the suffering of those who truly have the swine flu, which already seems like an embarrassing way to die. That's like if you were to die of mad cow disease or flesh-eating virus or something, which I think happened to one of this is some chick on America's Next Top Model a few years ago had the flesh-eating virus, or am I making that up? She did. No, it was gross. Yeah. but I, I mean, watched that series. But you can't really, I mean, which sounds like it ought to be its own fantastic sort of spin-off series, sort of like, I've got the flesh-eating virus. How and can it, you expect to be signed to a recording contract when they I, know that? I, I don't really know. Would she be a one-hit wonder? That, that is the... <laughs> that is the... Uh, and then her career just fell apart. That is the uh, that really is the definition of a pre-existing condition that one, that one should probably try no, to keep wasn't to pre- oneself. No, it wasn't pre-existing. She got it from bacteria from some makeup that somebody had put on her. I think that when the A&R guy comes to talk to you, then he goes, so uh, as, as we sign you to Polymer Records, is there anything we need to know about where did your nose go? You know, and you're just they're like, I thought, excuse me for just one moment. And you're sort of you're ducking into the back room to try to uh, to try to cover that fact. I have so, to put my face on. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's just been something eating at me all day. I just. I, <laughs> OK, let's get, let's get it together. Um, I guess my point is, kids, that the flesh eating virus is undoubtedly a real thing. Probably something you don't want. But it is an embarrassing way to die. It's just an awkward disease to die from, not unlike mad cow. And so I, we know somebody who, uh, and I have my doubts about this, but we know somebody who insists that they have a family member who died of mad cow disease. But it's worth noting that they don't really tell a lot of other people that because you know that it just comes across as being silly, just, just like swine flu. So anyway, this guy says, he's sort of on the same boat. He says, not to dismiss the suffering of those who truly have the swine flu, but doesn't this scare remind you of like seven years ago when dozens of paranoid ninnies started reporting and noticing anything with a whitish hue, thinking it was anthrax? He said, anywhere that kids happen to be using chalk or on a hiking trail where, you know, white stuff is all over in nature, they decided it was anthrax. He closes out this email. This is Dan by saying, I've decided to fake cough a lot today in public just to see if anybody will point and scream, swine flu, he's got swine flu, run for your lives. He said, I'm going to be starting at, and then he names a uh, popular grocery store here in Portland, Oregon, uh, where he is going to begin coughing uncontrollably (laughs) just to see what happens. He says, wish me luck. Good luck to you, sir. At the uh, news desk, here's your personal savior, Tim. In the news with Tim Riley. So a teacher in the Coombe is accused of buying Vicodin for a student. 
I guess it started innocently enough. The student kept complaining of back pain. One of the students uh, brought him liquid Vicodin from home. Liquid Vicodin? Mm-hmm. Do you mean just, like, whiskey or something? Is that what you mean when you say liquid Vicodin? I suppose so. So uh, then I guess they ran out and the teacher went out and bought some. Wait a minute. Since when do they have liquid Vicodin? Did anybody else know about this? Why wasn't I told? I've never Maybe heard you have to go to Vicodin. Washington for it. Is that, like when they t- is that like when they refer to certain beverages, uh, certain alcoholic treats as being like uh, like liquid crack? So, all right. Well, liquid Vicodin. I'm mm. going to put that down. I'm going to be calling my uh, health care provider today and inquiring about this wonder drug. Mm-hmm. Liquid Vicodin. Fantastic. Uh, Say, so here's something that's fascinating. GE, that's General Electric, has come up with this new breakthrough. They can put 100 DVDs on one disc. This is a, uh, 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 GE announces they were experimenting with this in a laboratory. The new technology must be made to work in products that can be mass produced at affordable prices. But optical storage experts and industry analysts uh, who were told of the development said it held the promise of a bigger step forward in digital storage for a wide range of potential uses in commercial, scientific, and consumer markets. They promising work by GE researchers in the field of this uh, storage device. They also use uh, holography also. So I don't know what any of this stuff is. <laughs> uh, holographic storage has the potential to pack data for far more densely than con- uh, conventional optical technology. You know, even I'm just so much in the in the thicket of the story. I just have no idea. Well, I just wish GE would make a light bulb that works instead I'm... of experimenting <laughs> with this stuff. Every time I buy a light bulb, it lasts me a week or does so. It, does it really seem like we're at the point where we need to start worrying about how we can cram more stuff into a smaller? And so, you know, I was, I was looking at the. I should have brought it with me too. I forgot to bring the SkyMall catalog because um, you know when you fly in a plane, that's that really is just that's the best part of flying mm-hmm. uh, in this country. Is you and I don't know if the SkyMall exists around the world or if it is just a like a uniquely American thing. But so when <clears throat> Laura and I were flying to Vegas over the weekend, we're sitting there, we're thumbing through. And we'll stop and we'll do that thing occasionally. It's sort of it's sort of like our own nerd-like variation on the how well do you know each other quiz. Where we'll pick a random page in the SkyMall catalog, and I will say to her, if I were to have one thing on this page uh, delivered to me, what would it be? And she'll have to look at the SkyMall page and decide what item it is that I would like the most. Heated towel rack. What? There's the heated towel rack. Here's the here's the other thing. Here's the thing about the SkyMall catalog too. There's only two types of products in there. Uh, things that you don't want or need and that really nobody wants or needs. I mean, things that have that have no appeal to anybody or things that are fantastic and that you wonder, like, why did it do? You know, why is it just now that somebody is creating these? Like, why do they, why does it just now exist? But a lot of it does fall into that that heated towel rack uh, category. There was a whole Harry Potter section, though. There was two pages of Harry Potter awesome. products in the middle, and and she, this of all the Lord of the Rings stuff. They have uh, no, no, no. The Lord of the Rings stuff had been swapped out in this edition of Sky Mall for Harry Potter. But they had a full size uh, Marauders map, uh, and I actually told her, I, was, I said, "Look, I don't wish for you to think that I'm a." A lifeless tool. Uh, but r- really, at some point, if you were to present me with a uh, with this Marauders map, uh, sort of suitable for hanging in my office, like were it to be framed, uh, that's a thing that I would not turn down. What was my point? Why were you? What were you just talking about? I forget. GE oh, light bulb, light bulb, oh, yeah, storage disk. So this idea that they're going to be able to cram a whole bunch of more stuff on a smaller and smaller space. First of all, no one needs that much stuff. I hate to sound like an old Andy Rooney guy, but I mean, when is the last time you said to yourself, "I can't leave the house unless I have fifty thousand songs with me"? Because in the SkyMall catalog, they were selling—I kid you not—a ballpoint pen that holds ten thousand songs. 
That's not enough. That's random. That's a thing. That's a thing. No one needs. That's not enough. Yeah, I mean, really. I mean, I mean, unless you're just going to be like on the lamb or something. I mean, unless you're going to go become a, like a freedom fighter in El Salvador and you've got to take the entire Yanni catalog with you. I prefer to have like a barcode tattooed on me, and I, I can wave my arm at a, 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 some sort of player and have it play songs. So you could just, hey, you know, that's I have actually- a chip implanted <clears throat> in me, and use a USB cable that's connected to my side and just plug it in my iPod. And you're weird. Uh, <laughs> that's of all the things I expected you to say just now. The idea that you want to be able to trail a USB uh, cable out from between your like seventh and eighth ribs is is that was not on the list. But you know what? Now that I think about it's it, it's not so far fetched. Now no, is it? No, we can all die of uh, mad spine disease tomorrow. But here's the one has to live while one's alive, Tim. I suppose so. You know what they could do? Actually, now I'm thinking about this. You're thinking of having a barcode. Mm-hmm. Um, as uh, uh, prophesized in the book of Revelation, the, what they could do is there could be some master server somewhere that contains, uh, you know, files and music and movies and whatever. And then they would just give you like a chip in your hand. So no matter where you were, uh, that you they would have computer terminals everywhere and you could just sort of wave your hand in front of it and it would recognize you and it would begin, uh, you know, it would access your online database of music anywhere you were in the world and begin playing your stuff. That'll that's, be out by next year. That's not such a crazy idea, Tim. See? I'm uh, not so far-fetched now, am I? Others may laugh. Rick Emerson embraces your genius. Here's uh, Tim Riley at the news desk. So by now you've all seen that uh, scary picture of Air Force One flying over the skyscrapers of New York. Naturally, everybody in New York was, well, rather incensed by that. Run, run. Oh, my God. That's they, awful. They, they do sound incensed. Have you seen the picture? No, I'm yes. looking up right now. Oh, it's freaking. It, it was on Dredge this morning. I mean, you, it you looks. You can find it everywhere. Yeah, it looks for all the world as though there's a 747 that's about to careen into some buildings. It, it matters are not helped by the fact that it's being stalked by a fighter jet, mm-hmm. which makes it look as They're though the. Oh, that is not good. It, it's so. messed up. And it makes it look like the plane is on its way to do some do some bad, and that therefore the White House or whoever the, the, the army has sent a plane to shoot it down. Mm-hmm. So, and the fact. Not only was it not like terrorism, it was, in fact, the White House doing this because they've decided their press photos needed to be updated. And then nobody thought to tell anybody. Like, wouldn't you decide to tell the mayor of the city, like, hey, uh, we're going to be flying around really near some buildings. So don't uh, don't be unnerved by that. Mayor Bloomberg is incensed. I think is uh, ridiculous and just poor judgment uh, why the Defense Department wanted to do a photo op. Uh, right around uh, the site of the World Trade Center catastrophe defies imagination. Yeah, it seems ill-advised. That's bad. Why do they need a photo op in downtown New York City? Because their old it photos... better. Well, Kasten was telling us because the old photos of Air Force One have Mount Rushmore in the background, and they decided they wanted something a little swankier. Something so, more urban. This, I swear to God, it really—it was like when we get, you know, like like here at the station, we'll get our headshots updated now and again. Uh, so you just get like a different publicity photo taken. They just needed new publicity photos of Air Force One, and they decided the way to do that was to have it like, like you know, flying uh, over the, New York like, City, but like yeah, like dive bomb uh, New York or something. So, all right. A Tempe got a taste of Hollywood as it premiered X Men Origins Wolverine. The film star Hugh Jackman rolled into the red carpet event on a motorcycle, shaking hands with fans and saying a few words to the great unwashed. You guys voted the most. You won it. And I'm so proud to be here with the cast and most importantly with the film to show it to you guys first. I don't know where I am. They just put me on a plane. Brick Barry is proud and excited to be there. I want a pair of claws, actually. <laughs> I'm, d- I'm definitely going to be uh, Wolverine for Halloween, probably. <laughs> Wolverines. Here's another fan. This is my absolute last ticket for the sleepover they had Saturday night. 
Well, I didn't actually sleep that night because we were all packed standing up. We got there at 7 at night and waited till 9 in the morning. Yeah, so none of us slept that night. I've been here since probably 10.30 in the morning today. And, again, I just barely made it. What kind of wild music is that? Wow, it sounds like a crazy party. Rubes on parade. That's it. When you see a weather map of Tempe, it's always in the red. It's, it's always the darkest red. <laughs> did, did you say there was like variety or something that I was reading this morning? Because that's because the deal with Wolverine, lest anybody be wondering why they picked this particular hamlet uh, in which to uh, Tempe. De- debut uh, Wolverine Origins 3. I don't even know what the name of the movie is. Is it X-Men it has, 3 Wolverine Origins? It has like four names. X-Men. It, it is. X-Men Origin Wolverine 3. X-Men Origins colon Wolverines. But it's not. It's not three. No, there's no three. But isn't unless th- you want the X to be a ten, then it would be ten men origins Wolverine. But isn't there a three in the title because they're using because they're, his adamantium claws are forming the Roman numeral three? I'm looking here. I Maybe. don't see a three included. All right. Well, whatever. So they did this thing where they, you could go online and cities would then vote. Like cities would would go to a map or something and they would like click on their town. It was like whatever town clicked the most. Like that's that's where the movie would premiere or something. And so it was in Tempe, Arizona, which is a fine place, except that I saw Variety today. Variety was doing a recap, and it did say it. It literally said something like it was like, like, like backwater, uh, like a backwater town premiere, premieres Wolverine or something. You know, tiny, insignificant fly speck to show Hollywood spectacle. Uh, and then it was like Jeannie Fink, you know, like writing some observation about it. So, all right, uh, let's do uh, one more here, and then uh, straight ahead, we have seen a radio correspondent, Jim Roop from Los Angeles. A Utah woman was easy to catch when her getaway car didn't show up after a crime. Murray police said she recently walked into the Tan Fastic, the Tan Fastic tanning salon, claiming to have a gun and demanded cash. However, someone nearby called an officer who's not long after that reportedly seeing a very upset woman in the street. She fit the robber's description and was taken into custody. Police say she was upset because her getaway car either didn't show up or left her behind. Nah, 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 nah. <sighs> Who just did that? That wasn't that me. Was... <laughs> I'll give you a hint. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Rick Emerson Show. More of our Noel Coward-esque wit uh, when we continue. It's 503 503-228, and it's written in huge letters right in front of me. 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. The Rick Everson Show continues next on Rock 101. KUFO. Don't go anywhere. I can't be who you are. I thought that was a dramatic pause. <laughs> me too. It is the uh, Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It's uh, 503-228-4101, ladies and gentlemen. 503-228-4101 or 1-800-344-KUFO. Straight ahead, uh, we have more news with Tim Riley. Later on, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins, Don Taylor from Cinematical and from TMZ, Katie Darrell. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. From Los Angeles, CNN radio correspondent and man of the world, Jim Roop. Hello to you, sir. Good morning, Johnny. How are... That was a little weird what you just uh, did there. Wait, was that Ed McMahon you were doing? No, no, no. That was the guy I used to work with back in Cincinnati. Was this the... Okay. Wait, that wasn't the guy that went by... Patrick O'Neill. That's right. The guy who went by like five different names. All right. You know, one of these days when you do that voice, I'll spot it for what it is. It's uh, not going to be today or tomorrow, but uh, but someday. (laughs) You know what? I promise I'll never do it again. No, no, it's fine. Let me ask you this. The... I, I mean, I can't even imagine right now if you were to do some sort of a Google search for the phrase uh, flu-like symptoms, exactly how many hits you're going to come back with. 
But it does seem like we've now arrived at a brand new, fantastic catch-all way to avoid going to school or work for at least the next two weeks. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's like, I don't know. I, I got the. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, I was fine until I went to that uh, that casino, uh, you know, in Mexico. <laughs> I, I was I was great, and then I spent like nine nine hours drinking in a Tijuana brothel, and then I flew back uh, on uh, you know U Value Airlines, and uh, you know after that, I just uh, suddenly my nose began to run uncontrollably. I can't. No, no, no. I'll still come in though you know so i mean you probably get vacation with pay if you call up and you start hacking up enough phlegm on the phone oh absolutely so do they have you out uh, sort of uh, this is an interesting question actually so if there's any sort of discussion about you know the swine flu and coughing and you know what with the uh, well, we received uh, some guidelines to protect ourselves so do they send you out to talk this man was coughing uncontrollably just hours ago jim roop has the story and then like you're in a room talking to a guy who's just expelling uh, mucus by the pound no it's not that bad all right well fantastic I mean, is this is this a thing you're supposed that they are just is this swine flu coverage sort of like the signature file at the end of an email where when you type something, it automatically just tags it with, you know, Jim Roop, CNN radio and then your phone number and your your address and whatever. Is it is everybody who works for CNN just getting like you're covering whatever your regular stories are also swine flu? <laughs> but almost. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just coming along as a sort of an add on today. All right. Indeed. Um, well, not filled with the swine flu, uh, but with something else. It was uh, it was Jay Leno, and the reason I bring that up is because a he uh, you know, back on the uh, back on the clock after having missed, I think he said the first show in seventeen years. Yeah, and w- since uh, since he took it over in ninety uh, two. And the weird thing was, as uh, when I was in uh, Vegas this last weekend, everywhere you went, there were billboards promoting the fact that he was to have played in Vegas this last weekend as well. I think the twenty fourth and twenty fifth or something. Um, so he missed not only tonight show but those dates as well, which is pretty significant. I mean, for for that guy. So, was there ever any a lot I mean, of money he just lost? That well, money, and plus he's got such a he's got that kind of Iron Man image where he just doesn't you know he doesn't ever take days off. He doesn't you know, and and if he does, you know, he takes his you know he seems to take sort of the bare minimum, and he doesn't call in sick and whatever. Well, maybe that's why it was exhaustion and uh, dehydration. Did they ever uh, sort of come out and is that what they said? That's is that what the, they said? Yeah, the, that's what they told us yesterday. Whenever they say exhaustion, don't you always just figure that that's a uh, you know, that's kind of like in a divorce when they say irreconcilable differences. Yeah, it's like, whenever you're sick, you're tired, for Christ's sake. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, it's, it's sort of, it seems to be the very definition of a of a non-answer. Yes. Right, but, he, uh, but he is back there. And, uh, He's back, back in, you know, and he did what he does best, man. He just grabbed the headlines and, uh, uh, you know, the swine flu especially, connected that with his own situation and just, uh, you know, he was pretty funny, I thought. And uh, Hey, I have a question for you. Speaking of uh, swine flu in the news... Somebody just emailed in and they were saying that this is sort of like the anthrax thing a few years ago. We were all supposed to be careful opening the mail. And oh, it's not that bad. I don't know. Like if somebody sends you up. But I can't remember if we ever like caught the guy who mailed the anthrax stuff out. Did we ever figure out who that was? Yeah, I think so. I, I yes, can't. it was a, some mad scientist somewhere. It was a mad scientist. Yeah. It was. It was. Uh, it was. Very uh, good, Tim. It was <laughs> Herbert Lom who was busy. Good guess. Uh, Nobody knows if I'm right or wrong, do they? <laughs> you can just bluff your way through it. This is a guy just busy orbiting the Earth with a doomsday machine, sending powder everywhere. I remember being in conference, uh, conferences here at CBS Radio where you would literally you would go into a room and you would sit around a table, and they would have discussions about what to do if you opened an envelope in the morning that happened to be filled with anthrax spores. Um, and so it's just, man, it's like the law, the, the list of things uh, that at any given point we are supposed to be on the lookout for in this country has no, gr- it's grown with, to, to such exponential proportions. 
I can't even keep track of it. I just, it's like every day I walk out of the front door and a safe doesn't follow me. Uh, I consider these like one in the wind column, you know? Well, we can take those old anthrax bins and fill them up with the swine flu. Hey, that's what we should do. We should totally get the CBS manual for dealing with anthrax and just everywhere you see that, just, just yeah. wipe it out with a magic marker right in swine flu. Just recycle it. Yeah. All right. Well, the key, uh, Jim, to, to preventing the swine flu and to staving off a, a horrible liquefying demise Apparently it's a it's an ill-made paper mask. That's what I see everybody using on the uh, on the news now. So just... Well, you know you never know. No, no you don't, sir. You do not indeed. And uh, finally uh, this hasn't been I haven't really seen this reported anywhere else, but somebody told me that the what's her name? The the Octomom is already uh, busy cranking out a book about herself. Do you know if that's oh, true? I have not heard that. All right. Are well, you serious? I, I uh, there's no independent uh, confirmation, but I read that somewhere this morning. They said that reports are that the Octomom uh, inked some book deal, and she's going to be uh, churning out her uh, her memoirs. All right, I'll have to look into that. You, uh, tell you, uh, Rick Emerson gave you that tip, my friend. I will. Thank you, sir. All right. Remember to breathe deeply at all times today, Jim. <laughs> Without the paper mask. Exactly. That's right. You just, you just, you Live dangerously. <laughs> That's right. You drink deeply from the cup of life. There you are. All right. Thank you, sir. There you go. That's uh, Jim Roop in Los Angeles, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, when we return, Tim Riley is tracking the following headlines for you on this Tuesday morning. Uh, Portland school cuts a Mexican trip short and returns home. So far, the kids are all right. The swine flu, is it for you? We'll talk more about it. And parents are outraged by a FEMA coloring book with images of disasters for kids to color. I made a copy. I'm going to take a look at it. Excellent. That is straight ahead. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Stay right there. Don't miss a moment of the Rick Emerson Show, where you'll be filled with desperate, miserable shame. Impregnating a dragon. Listen online, live or via podcast at KUFO.com. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It is Tuesday morning, 503-228-4101. Am I wrong or in that uh, rejoin liner that played right before the Offspring song? Did it have a soundbite of Tim saying, impregnating a dragon? I believe so, yes. But I think I, don't I heard that, what too. what context that was. I mean, what <laughs> context would we possibly put around that that would make any sense? There's no reason why anybody would ever use that phrase, and yet apparently we did at some point. I don't remember things I read, like, five minutes after I leave here. Isn't it, are you like this, where you get off the air, and it's, you're, it's like when you have a, a Internet Explorer or Firefox or whatever, and there's those settings... In the, you know, where it's like every time you close the browser, it just goes and deletes everything that you had just to save memory space. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how my brain is with this show. And we get up to like 901, and my brain goes through and wipes every single thing uh, that we did. Because we have to start again. Well, because, all right, because you just can't be saving the memories of every single show you do. Otherwise, you just start flowing out your ears. So, I mean, you gotta, you gotta like flush that stuff away. So, as a result, then when I hear Sarah saying something like, uh, what is that line? Don't share your blood with a hooker or something. And I, I, I don't even know what I was talking I about. I listened to that and I said, yeah, like, why were we ever even discussing that? Or that thing where I say Nazis have boobs, too. So, it well. sounds like an old Kenny Rogers song. <laughs> don't share your blood with a hooker. <laughs> no. I'm thinking of something else. I thought you meant the Nazis have boobs, too. No, Nazis I don't think Kenny Rogers did that. Nazis have boobs, too. <laughs> we all know that it's true. You know what I was listening to the other day? I was listening to, uh, to Ruby, Don't Take Your Love to Town. By Kenny Rogers and the first edition. What a, no, 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 no. That's see, that's wrong. I don't think that's true. Or was that the first edition without Kenny Rogers? No, no, no. The, no, now, I think Kenny Rogers was included. No, in that. all of these things are wrong. Everything you're saying right now is a, is a fallacy. The okay, the Kenny Rogers in the first edition. I don't believe did Ruby don't take it love the town. I believe that was the first Kenny Rogers uh, solo joint, Tim. 
Eh, I, so. You're thinking of, I just stopped in to see what condition my condition was that in. That is correct. Which, I always, always get those confused. Which is a terrible song, and that's a song by Kenny Rogers with the first edition, which is sort of like Ted Nugent with the Amboy Dukes. And just stopped in to see what my condition my condition was in, which is a terrible song title. It's a song about a drug trip, and it's one of those drug trip songs clearly written by someone who has no actual knowledge of drugs, but it's them writing about like Lawrence what... Lawrence Welkin is orchestra playing <laughs> in the background. It's a modern-day spiritual... Uh, by Kenny Rogers and the first edition. And it's someone who has never taken a drug, much less acid, which I think is what that song is about, mm-hmm. writing about what they think it's probably like. So that's that. Ruby Don't Take Your Love to Town, though. That's Kenny Rogers, which is a completely creepy song. Uh, I hadn't heard it in probably, I don't know, a couple years. And I was, it was, I think it came up on my, on my MP3 player. I just have some, some sort of huge uh, mix of country songs. And that's the one where it's like he's crippled, and so he can't please his uh, woman as a man should. Mm-hmm. And so she's off whoring around town, and he's just waiting at home with a gun. And I'm listening to this going, for the love of Christ Almighty, why was uh, it's so bizarre that it was a huge hit? And I think the Chipmunks covered it, not unlike Coward of the County, which we've discussed at length on this show. It's altogether unnerving. The point is, Kenny Rogers never sang about not sharing your blood with a hooker, but you still shouldn't do it. Here's Tim Riley at the News Desk. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. Say, so here's a quick quiz. Who remembers former Portland Police Chief Derek Foxworth? Wait. Wait, why would we? No, we, know would. That name. we would. Hold on. It was hold a on. momentous occasion on this program. Was he the guy that ended up going tracking the D.C. sniper? No, 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 no. No, that was Charles Moose. Yes. Uh, if Foxworth. Hmm. X-rated emails. Isn't that a, oh, oh. oh. Remember those sexy Secretary? emails? And we read them on the air and Coin6 came over here. And That's Put them right. on the TV. That's right. He wrote those X-rated emails to some uh, voluptuous young lady. Was that where he talked about the chocolate love or something? Yes. Yeah. Right. Well, now he has a new job. He is second in command for security at Portland Community College, whatever that might entail. Everybody go by and say hello. Everybody go by and say hello. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, so Oregon students going to Mexico came home, and so far nobody has the uh, mad pig disease. There were 18 of them. They went with the Oregon Episcopal School, so they're home early. Local hospitals take precautions. Uh, people, uh, they tell you, even if you're coughing and sneezing, you don't have it. Really? Mm-hmm. Is that what they're saying? That's, yes. So we've now gone so, from... So here's what the local hospitals are telling us. Cover your mouth. <laughs> Cover your mouth. Wash your ass. <laughs> They may also be Get a fitted, job. They may also be fitted with a mask if you go in. So I don't know if they're free or no charge. I would imagine there'll be like $3,000 built to your insurance company for one of these paper masks. <laughs> and at Providence St. Vincent, they also have an isolation room. That's wonderful. That's great. Well, you'll be left and checked on every week or so to see if you're still there. I think there's just like one all-purpose uh, isolation room. Like, you know, that's also the drunk tank. It's also the place you go, like where they take your shoelaces and belt away from you. It's also where they store brooms uh, when there's no more room in the janitor's area. So have we gone from seek medical help to put on a mask to you don't have it, just stay at home, which means that either you probably don't have it and there's nothing to be alarmed about, or everyone has it and they realize no one can be saved. Well, of course, the government is always here to help us, and FEMA has a new coloring book out for the kids depicting all kinds of disasters to color. And I I ran off a couple of these. This is the disaster preparedness coloring book, and a lot of parents are upset because it has unpleasant images like children cowering under tables. Wow. For you to That's color. a coloring book? That's a coloring Can I see this online? Well, yes, you can if you go to FEMA.org. I'm going to try to uh, scan some of these. If you're indoors during an earthquake, drop, cover, and hold on underneath the table. Then we have this other one. A tornado is coming. Go to a safe place right away. So take you and your brother and sister and cower under this table. 
and Dad has no room to hide, so he can stand on the stairway. So and this, oh my the, God! So this is the this is the FEMA uh, Federal Emergency the, uh, Management. Disaster preparedness coloring book for kids. And so to say, it is, and so this is not a gag. This is a real. No, this is real. So it's a coloring book for children showing what to do in case of an emergency. And the, yeah, the tornado one is fantastic because it shows it's downstairs. It shows dad coming down the steps into the basement and the two kids cowering oh. under the table. And it looks for all the world like daddy is coming to play. We have some other things here. You can uh, color uh, an unpleasant game with them. You can color uh, two houses burning down. <laughs> Mommy, or, I need or, more or, red. Or a twister coming. <laughs> These and your empty home after everyone leaves. <laughs> Mommy, what, what? What? It says nature is beautiful and powerful. <laughs> what? Would you like to color the picture of the houses burning That's down? A little bit. Mommy, what color is a casket? <laughs> That's fantastic. So FEMA.org is where you can where you can see this uh, see this coloring book. It's so much fun. Mommy, what color are the pants on this looter? <laughs> That's wonderful. This, but uh, again, go. Uh, you can see this at FEMA.org. This is a disaster coloring book. We're not making this up. No, we're not making. But, but go back to that one where it's, it's the tornado, because again, it's it's a dad walking down a staircase into the basement, and then in the same room are two kids, brother and under sister, a table. cowering under a table. But there's no room for dad. Yeah, if there was no caption, it would look like yeah, daddy was coming to do something wrong, and they're trying to hide. Know, that is true. Look at this. It's called FEMA for kids. Like, yeah. No caption. He's like, where are you? No, that's that's a whole lot of daddy's coming to play escaped convict and the warden's wife. Everyone, uh, everyone bite down on this rag. So, yeah, that's altogether unnerving. So it's great for the kids to color and keep them occupied. I sense a caption contest coming, Tim. Maybe we should hang that on the refrigerator here in the CBS Radio Portland kitchen and see what uh, people can come up with. That would be fun. All right. Wonderful. Uh, so there are new uh, revelations about the uh, Craigslist killer. And uh, one of the greatest is that uh, he was online, and he has a new, uh, let's see, what was his name online? His name online was... He had a new handle? Sex Addict 5385. And he was trolling for transsexual encounters. And they found one of the transsexuals and put him on TV. If you have the flu, you feel like you've gotten run over by a Mack truck. That seems wrong. That seems wrong, too. Anyway, we'll get back to the, uh, oh, here he is. Trolling for transsexuals, the that guy story. I posted an ad on Craigslist under male for T, which stands for males for transsexuals. That's where he found me. This will be very difficult for his fiance to hear. It would be tough for, any, for anyone Not to hear, only to hear is that, he a murderer. that your fiance is saying that he is single and looking for sex online anonymously. With men. With men. Which is as bad as being a murderer. Not with men, Tim. <laughs> with men? Yes, it says, I am a 22-year-old grad student at six. Foot three, 205 pounds, good build, blonde, blue eyes. Let me know what you want to see. So apparently, the big scandal here is not only is he a murderer, he's a homosexual. Probing online for encounters. I think that tells us everything we need to know. Mm-hmm. And by the way, he is uh, $120,000 in debt and student loan, so he can't afford a lawyer to defend himself against these charges of being the Craigslist murderer and a homosexual. I'm uh, really confused about this, though. So the guy that we just heard from. Yes, is a transsexual. Okay, so but but it says that he placed an ad, men for transsexual. Wait, so is he... Was so he, I think he was the transsexual? The guy... Right. Uh, okay, so the guy that was talking. And the guy that was talking. Now, with transsexual, does that mean he's a... Uh, he is hermaphroditic? He doesn't specify. Well, because it's not a transvestite. No. That's just a cross-dressing. Well, transsexual means like... Yeah, changing of the, he's of in, the bits. He's betwixt the two. So mm-hmm. he, he heard from Sex Addict 5385, who in another life is just a Craigslist killer. He has two identities. 
So this is way. So let me. So he. When he's is, not being the Craigslist killer, he is sex addict fifty three eighty five and a homosexual and a homosexual. So let me understand because it, I'm not. Look, I, who who knows what he's guilty of and what he's not at this point. But so now this is going to uh, upset his fiance more, who just canceled the band for the wedding. <laughs> You know, and the thing is that... Uh, and that, return the $500 deposit. But you never get that corking feedback, uh, Tim. No. That's a, that's a thing that's gone forever. <laughs> Let me ask you this, though. Doesn't it seem like he can't possibly... These, like, all of these things can't be true. Because mm-hmm. a lot of them seem sort of mutually exclusive. Like, you can't be going and getting... I mean, I guess you could. But doesn't it seem unlikely that on the one hand, he's going and getting lap dances? On the other hand, he's just going and just robbing the joint. And he couldn't have accidentally gotten into the section of... Ma- males were transsexuals. Yeah, and on the other hand, he's uh, looking for trans- some looking. Tra- transsexuals. And then on the other hand, he's like, the, the city's gay. And then on the other hand, the, the, like, none of these were true, and he was just a normal guy who's getting made. In other words, I could buy, like, maybe any two or perhaps three of those things. Mm-hmm. But it just seems like now, do you suspect that everybody who ever had an incident with anybody on Craigslist is now going, and it was the Craigslist killer. That's who it was. Exactly. That's an easy way to kind of get attention. And plus, it seems like the public is sort of primed to believe anything about this guy at this point. And his fiance still loves him. Of course. Well, he's a good man, Tim. (laughs) He's a good provider. All right. Here's uh, Tim Riley at the news desk. Attention, Barry Williams. She's still hot at 75. uh, Florence Henderson. Not Florence Henderson. (laughs) Shirley Jones is going to take off her top and, and pose in the nude. Okay. Well, okay. You're blowing my mind. I had like three different things to say, and now they've all been overwhelmed I by that image. Shirley Jones mixed up with Florence Henderson. Okay, so it's not attention Barry Williams; it's attention David Cassidy. David Cassidy. All right. So because I get the two confused. Well, because Florence Henderson is also hot. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's just not have any illusion. How old is Florence Henderson? Do we know? We don't know. All she right. must be close to that. Shirley Jones is going to pose nude. Yes, I am. Uh, I am a fan of that. I would have relations with Shirley Jones. Uh, Maybe we can get her on the show. Yes, I, I, like, I like that idea. Where <laughs> is she posing, Tim? It doesn't say yet. Oh, come on. You we're just, we're just we teasing know that us. it's true. It's on page six. Well, page uh, six of the New York Post. They don't She's lie. the grandmother of ten. Ugh. Oh, going topless with the upcoming episode of A&E's The Cleaner. What is The Cleaner? Is I don't that? know. It's on A&E, but I've never watched that channel in years. She's going top. Okay, but is this going to be some crap? She's a washed up alcoholic. Uh, this well, is not the actual Shirley no, Jones is, we're talking she is about. <laughs> She's a used up skag. <laughs> She's <laughs> just playing one on television. <laughs> So the, the let me understand this. So I'm so confused about this whole thing. So Shirley Jones is going to be going topless, but it's on A&E. So is this going to be like that crap topless? Like they always say, like Scarlett Johansson is nude on the cover of Vogue. And then it's like you can't see anything. All right. So it stars Benjamin Bratton. It's all about him being the cleaner who tries to help people get away from their addictions by any means necessary. Okay, So it's not like he's a dry cleaner. No, it's him and his unconventional team. <laughs> I thought he's a marketizer. show. And uh, what you want to do is you want to use a little bit of club soda on this uh, tomato stain, and then uh, you let it sit for about 35 seconds, and then you want to go over it in a counterclockwise motion with a brush of some kind, and then I would suggest maybe um, a little bit of uh, of lemon juice, and then just let it sit. And, and that's uh, only episode one. Yeah, <laughs> There's 12 more. Next week on The Cleaner. How to remove tough, stubborn stains. Really, the best thing to do with this gum is to put an ice cube against it, and then you can gently chip the gum away uh, using a fork or uh, other sharp metal instrument. Next week on The Cleaner. So it's not, but it's not that. It's, it's something else. It's not that, no. Let's back to the issue of Shirley, uh, Shirley Jones's uh, breasts. So can you show boobs on Annie? 
Well, it's cable. Well, I guess yeah, so. Yeah. So theoretically, yes. I mean, you could. I mean, really, cable. They could just show porn all day if they wanted to, because they're not over the air. They're not governed by the FCC the, the way everybody else. Is. That's why South Park can get it. That's why on Thanksgiving every year they, they've started showing South Park the movie uncut. I mean, totally uncut. And there's a there's a big uh, there's a there's a there's a, a male member uh, in that film. So oh, she is going on a concert tour with Florence Henderson. What? She's going on a concert tour with Florence Henderson, Shirley Jones. You gotta stop making things up like this. I'm not. It's true. It's so weird. Why would she be? What are they going to do with a concert tour? Why not? I mean, <laughs> it's too much. So Shirley, she, she is going to keep her top on during the concert tour, as far as we know. So Shirley Jones of Partridge Family fame is is. Let's just let's figure this all out. Shirley Jones is going to be going topless on A and E. Yes. It remains to be seen whether I will be able to see her bosoms. Uh, so she's then. It's something you want to see. It, it is, Tim. Yeah. Uh, I just let's have no doubt about that at all. I could list you. I could list you right now five women over the age of seventy-five that I would have relations with: Shirley Jones, Florence Henderson, Betty White, uh, Barbara Eden. Well, I mean, that's only four. Oh, Rita Moreno. So uh, it, right there, that's Betty five. White. Betty White. I would have relations with Betty White at this instant. I'd leave the show right now if I had to. I'd put in a best of. Okay. If I'm just saying, I would think, Sarah, that as a woman, you would appreciate that I don't draw age distinctions and that I am uh, that I am non-judgmental in that way. A lot of guys are like, I won't date a woman who's over 35. Betty White's like 150. I would have sex with her this instant, right now. If she She's was probably older, lying about her age. She's still shaving probably. ears. Probably. <laughs> the, the, She's my, at least 170. My bones are half dust. Uh, Anywho, and so then, uh, just to wrap this all up, so Shirley Jones and Florence Henderson are also doing a concert tour together? Yes. What would they possibly be performing? <laughs> I don't know. All right. That is a little it doesn't, confusing. It doesn't say. <laughs> all right. So even though we think about that, in the back of your head you would think about that could possibly happen. It is happening. Right. This whole day is just freaking me out. Might as well enjoy ourselves. The swine flu is coming. On that note, kids, it's the Rick Emerson Show. Disaster coloring book. Is there a swine flu? Can we color flu? during the break? Can we make a swine flu coloring book, please? Yeah, we could. All right. There you go. Uh, it's 503-733. No, it's not. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. The Rick Emerson Show is right here on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. I cannot tell you how many times somebody will be walking by and they go, Whoa! This is Rock 101. K-U-F-O. Excellent. It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Good morning to you. It is Tuesday. It's 503-228-4101. Coming up later on today, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins about all that is swine-tastic in the world of epidemiology. Uh, Katie Darrow from TMZ.com joining us uh, as well. And the top five pig songs. Uh, of all time. Top five pig songs of all time. And you will know, by the way, that at no point today have I used like a pigs in space uh, sounder or the, uh, you know, the, that sort of, have you used that music? Have you used anything? I have some more, um, lots of laughs, pig really? sounders, if you ever desire one. Is this from the uh, the section on the uh, the show prep site that is in fact called Swine Flu Hilarity? Yes. All right. Please to demonstrate now uh, what sort of pig noises the uh, radio prep service is offering DJs everywhere. Come on, squeal. All right, that's just disturbing. All right, you should quit playing that. There's that one. Why did that it's just not even well done? Why did that just happen just now? Why did why okay, is let's, that let's just, cleanse the palate? Let's not. Let's okay. 
That doesn't cleanse. I don't think cleanse means what you think it means. <laughs> I, but there really isn't a cleansing pig sound. Why would they offer the the, the deliverance noise? That, that doesn't even make any sense. We're talking, <laughs> it's not a rape flu. All right, whatever. All right, fine. I mean, look, maybe it is. I don't know. I don't have it or nothing. So, I mean, maybe there's side effects may include that. Jesus, God almighty. Uh, okay, so uh, so somebody found this. Uh, Tim, did you find this from Playbill? What's that? Oh, yeah, uh, this, I This did. Florence Henderson thing. So Playbill, which is a... Which she is, looks terrific. Which is not like a porn mag or anything. Uh, Playbill, which is a, uh, Theatrical. It's a theater uh, magazine. So we had this thing about Shirley Jones uh, posing nude or, or appearing nude on television in The Cleaner, which I guess The Cleaner is... Um, this person said The Cleaner uh, is great. Um, it's a priority watch. It stars the... Uh, it also stars uh, the girl from Battlestar, Boomer from Battlestar. Um, and, uh, this is from, um, yeah, let's see, Donald. Um, so he says that it's a great show, but I guess, so Florence Henderson is not going to appear in that show. Shirley Jones is allegedly topless. And then they are in fact, both touring stage and screen star, uh, stars, uh, Shirley Jones and Florence Henderson, who may be best, no- may be best known. Florence Henderson might be better known for any number of other things, apparently who may be best known for their work on the television programs The Partridge Family and The Brady Bunch, respectively, will join forces for a new concert tour that will launch in November in Indianapolis. The acclaimed singing actresses will join the Indianapolis Symphony Orchestra for three concerts November 20th through the 21st at the Hilbert Circle Theater in downtown in, in downtown Indianapolis. Apparently, these concerts feature, quote, new orchestrations and charts... Respective career overtures, clip reels, personal anecdotes, first-time duets, and classic songs. And then, the most tantalizing phrase, additional tour dates are expected. Fantastic. All right. I'm saying right now, uh, they come anywhere near here. Uh, we have to endeavor to get them on the show. That's fantastic. Let's uh, welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from Cinematical, our good friend Don Taylor. Hello. How are you today? I'm just peachy. How are you? All right. So is, who is this in this photo? Okay. So this is Florence Henderson. I actually uh, went to the theater with... Shirley Jones once many years ago. Okay, actually, I went to the theater near Shirley Jones. You like like a like a, a play theater or a movie theater? Yeah, uh, a, a play play. Well, like hung out with her. Well, I was lived in the Los Angeles area, and I had a friend. I was I was a young person, a teenager, and I had a friend whose family had uh, box seats to the music center, the LA Music Center, and got these great seats, like front row. And we went to see a musical called Sugar, which is a musical uh, version of Some Like It Hot. And this particular version starred Robert Morse, who you'll remember from uh, How to Succeed in Advertising, yes. and Joe Namath. Of and- course, why wouldn't? <laughs> and it was just a train wreck. Uh, Joe Namath was, was sort of terrible, and Robert Morse wouldn't take it seriously and he kept mugging for people in the audience that he knew like waving at them in between songs finger pistols to some guy in the second row hey thanks for coming out and we were two seats down from shirley jones and her husband marty engels which was terribly exciting she looked fabulous she was one of those fabulous put together movie star types that you see her in person you're like oh my god she looks exactly like you would expect right anyway after the show was over when we were all leaving the the theater i told my friend i said let's walk out really close to them so people will think we're all together so excellent we uh faked being friends with shirley jones i love the idea that joan namath was somehow uh the cast in the play like how would that speaking of of guys like that do you know who has a show in vegas because i saw billboards for it kato kalen and and, and is like all the best what is he doing that's the thing like who knows what could he possibly do another magician i mean that probably um and I mean, you sort of see billboards, uh, you know, for that. And at no point do they bother to explain 
what might be happening there or what it is that you're going to see. It's, you know, it's just a billboard advertising that, you know, Cato Kalin's going to be there. I imagine him doing one of those uh, one-man shows where there's just the stool and the spotlight. And he's smoking <laughs> a cigarette. Singing and donk, he like, he singing sings a song. Yeah. <laughs> then, he, then he tells a little story. Then he sings another tune. Hey, here's one you might remember from way back. It's a favorite of mine. I hope you like it, too. And then he just, the hey, by the way, there is a magician who performs in, uh, in Vegas, and his name, and it just has the, the billboard, and it's just his glowering eyes looking all mysterious. And then huge letters, it just says, every night, Dr. Vegas, which is like Zhevegas? Dr. Vegas, Z-H-I-V-E-G-A-S, Dr. Vegas, which is like the, like, I wanted to go, I didn't even want to see the show, I just wanted to go give him like 20 bucks for that. Like, here you go, well done on the name. Bam! All right. Tim Riley is tracking the following headlines on this Tuesday morning. Uh, Portland school cuts a Mexican trip short, brings the kids back, and so far they're okay. A woman is rescued from the same desolate forest road where James Kim died trying to save his family a couple years back. A Vancouver teacher is accused of buying Vicodin for a student. The Craigslist killer was also trolling for transsexual encounters. He went by the username sexaddict5385. Creed will reunite. Wolverine premieres in Tempe. Lost marks its 100th episode this week. Woo! A Eugene bank robber vomits thanks to a rancid stench of a foul-smelling bank robber. A huge chunk of Antarctica snaps off, causing concern. All right, there's just too much going there's on there to even to address this. the Antarctica ice And I didn't read them all. Creed. All right. Um, so just before we do anything else, so I have to uh, clarify. So the, apparently uh, somebody sent me an email. They said about this business of Shirley Jones, who is just unbelievably hot. I mean, I don't know when the last time you went back and watched the Partridge family was or, uh, the music man. Let me tell you this. She never looked hotter than the music man. I mean, Elmer Gantry. Well, I look pretty hot in Elmer Gantry. She's just so unbelievably scorchingly attractive in those films that it's just, I, she's the kind of woman though that you, that you suspect that she was too good for Jack Cassidy. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Well, he ended up getting burned in the end. Yeah. <laughs> You're a terrible person. I'm sorry. Um, it's like you're channeling David Cassidy right now. Did you ever read David Cassidy's book? His biopic was on uh, VH1. David Cassidy has a biopic? Yeah. Is it biopic or biopic? I think it's biopic. Bio, no, bio, no, biopic. No, are you thinking of the uh, the Partridge Family story that they no, made the, the TV Cassidy movie? story? Really? really? There's one he it has his own. One. Yeah. Really, he justifies oh. his own spinoff uh, uh, movie. Yeah. His book is just oh, he's oh a, my! What a bitter bastard he is. David Cassidy is just filled with just hate and loathing yeah. and and spiders. I have that on the shelf actually next to the uh, the Burt Ward uh, autobiography. Really? And the thing that both of those books have in common is. Uh, Way too many stories about uh, the oral pleasure that they would uh, seek out from fans. Uh, the, the That David Cassidy book. I mean, it's like you can't go a page and a half without him talking about it. The next thing I knew, we were parked by the side of the road in my MG, and she was climbing on top of me, shirtless and oiled. And you're going like, what What am I reading? Like, why? It, it, it's like reading an elongated uh, set of penthouse forum letters interspersed with uh, some some anecdote about how Danny Bonaducci had uncontrollable flatulence. And then, you, and then occasionally you turn over to the back of the book to very, yes, I did in fact pay twenty three ninety five for this. Well, that's fantastic. Well done, Rick. Um, you know who else is like that? It's Geraldo. Uh, Geraldo Rivero's book, which is called Exposing Myself, he wrote that in, um, well, it was right after the Al Capone's vault thing happened. So that would have been, well, like 80, 88 maybe. 
but it's it's after he had opened Al Capone's vault and there's nothing inside but like some dusty bottle or whatever. And I think he figured his career was like done. So it was like, all right, final cash in time. It's time to put away a little nest egg. So he writes this book where he just spills it about everybody that he has ever humped in his life, including Bette Midler, who I think doesn't speak to him to this day because of it. Bette Midler, who he describes as uh, the only woman he ever met whose sex drive outstripped his own. He tells this great story about how, you know, and Bette had to have it 12 times a day. And sometimes I just wasn't up to the task. And he tells this story about they were either driving to or from Vegas. I forget. They were going from like L.A. to Vegas. And, you know, it's just like a long stretch of just desolate nothing out there. I mean, it's just it's just like sand and sun and, and bodies and driving along. And as he tells the story, like we were en route to the city of sin when suddenly Bet decided she needed me right then and there. We'd already gone at it 12 times that morning and I just didn't have anything left. And so like so and Bet pulls the car over and she's like, Geraldo, give it to me now. And and he's just like, baby, I. Geraldo tired, baby. Geraldo can't give it to you, right? Can Geraldo give it to you later on this afternoon? And I guess she got so furious that he wouldn't put out that she just kicked him out by the side of the road and left him. And I think her version of her relationship with him is something like, I met him at a party once and he tried to rape me. It's like a completely different, like, like I never even knew the man. That is somewhat different, isn't it, Don? <laughs> just, just a slight tweak there. <laughs> on that note... Uh, okay, it's 503-228-4101. What will we be uh, discussing in the world of DVD uh, releases today, uh, Dawn Taylor? What will you be uh, favoring us with uh, review-wise? I'm sorry, I was was terribly excited here. Uh, 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 Tim has pulled up the IMDb listing for the David Cassidy story, and I was mesmerized by the listing of Jack Cassidy being played by Malcolm McDowell. Really? Well, Jack Cassidy does seem like a fairly, uh, he seems like a nefarious guy. He didn't seem, boy, but you read that David Cassidy book, boy, God, he just hates his dad, just with everything in him. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, I guess that all kind of resolved itself in the end anyway, but it's, uh, yeah, just, just a guy who just seethes with all kinds of irritation, like Burt Ward, who was Robin on Batman and Robin. He's another guy where, like, he and Adam West seem to have gone down two completely different paths as well, where Adam West, if somewhat hard of hearing, is just seems very jovial and sort of mellow about the whole thing. And you just see the Burt Ward, it's like you just suspect at any point that he's just going to pull out a knife and just stab you in the eyes for no real reason. Just because he's just, it just seems to be like a coiled up ball of just hatred and anxiety. Him and Jay North. So, all right. Adam West just doesn't want to hear anything anymore. No, no, he doesn't, Tim. Uh, so when we uh, return, Don Taylor, what will you be uh, presenting uh, We for have us? a DVD starring uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme and a really terrific uh, film from Criterion from 1984 you probably have never heard of starring... John Hurt and Tim Roth. That's when we return to The Rick Emerson Show, Rock 101, KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show. They attacked me like a bunch of mad wolf, and they just took forward. I thought I was going to die, because they were like rabid animals. The Rick Emerson Show returns. It is The Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101, KUFO. Thank you for joining us. I want to point out that um, during the commercial break, Sarah Dillon was flossing her teeth with a piece of scotch tape. I was trying to no avail. How'd that work out? Not very well. So it's beef jerky and it's stuck where? In your molars? In my back, between my uh, two back molars. Yeah, that's never going to come. Oh, it's so painful, too. Really? Is it just because... It's putting a lot of pressure because it's like it's spacing out my teeth. Ah, that's right. So it's wedged in there. So that's those teeth that are very flush together and you've Mm -hmm. got the beef jerky that is sort of uh, pushing them apart. Yeah, and I woke up this morning and um, yeah, I was like, oh, my jaw hurts. I didn't realize until this morning, you know, until I got into the studio that it was because of the beef jerky. Do you still have your wisdom teeth? 
I have uh, one of my wisdom teeth. I had three of them taken out. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, and then Tim was suggesting that there would be dental floss in the emergency kit in the kitchen, but that doesn't necessarily seem like God a thing. God bless Tim be... Riley for thinking that's an emergency. Well, that's just an emergency. It would be supply. to me. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm very a... concerned that I went through my bag looking for some, and I found everything but I found a toothbrush, I found a pepper spray, and some lip balm. Tim Riley is prepared for every eventuality, ladies and gentlemen, uh, and is tracking the following headlines on this Tuesday morning. Parents are outraged by a FEMA coloring book with images of disasters for kids to color. The swine flu, is it for you? So far, no Oregon cases. Despite warnings that people should refrain from smooching strangers, amorous escapades continue between Jennifer Anderson and Justin Bateman, caught in a passionate makeout session in New York City. And as we warned you before, Creed will reunite. Wolverine premieres in Tempe, Arizona. Lost marks its 100th episode this week. A Vancouver teacher is accused of buying Vicodin for a student. The Craigslist killer was also trolling for transsexual encounters. And he went by the username SexAddict5385. Fantastic. Speaking of Jennifer Aniston making up with Jason Bateman, by the way, so uh, Jason Bateman is the brother of Justine Bateman, who was Mallory on Family Ties uh, back in the eighties. And you know, she kind of dropped off the you know the the, the radar. You know, she hasn't been seen for a long time until I saw that Judd Apatow film, um, uh, the television set, uh, which came out about I don't know about two years or so ago. It has David Duchovny in it, and I didn't even recognize her at first because she plays Duchovny's wife. And I mean, she's man. She still looks. Uh, she still looks fine. I mean, she is. Uh, whatever she's been doing with herself, she's been uh, living clean. She looks good. Didn't, the, uh, didn't the baby on Family Ties become a girlfriend beater? I don't know, <laughs> but you come up with the strangest ways to do. I, look. Maybe that's accurate. Maybe it's not. But it's just the particular phraseology you use. That well, I try to get to the point. I don't that's think a ba- I don't think a baby beats anybody. First of all, but you but you talking about Brian Bonsall? Yeah. So. I don't really know. Uh, is he that got a thing? rid of the rattle and traded it for his own fists, apparently. <laughs> what goes on in that brain of yours? Is this because, Creed, is this because Creed's reuniting? Is that it? Yeah. I mean, you Creed, can be, Creed's reuniting. Who has it's been begging for a Creed wacky. reunion? Well, I, you know, the thing is, I saw those guys, like the other guys in Creed interview, and they had formed some side band. I forget what don't it was called. Don't they all hate Scott Stump? Well, I think so, because, I mean, I think that's like a little bit of a Limp biscuit uh, thing going on there, where they realize... That the guy who got the focal, you know, who was the focal point of all the attention, the guy who kind of got the band a profile, was also the guy that everybody in the world immediately began to hate. And I think they tried to form a band, or they did form a band that was just, you know, it was like that audio slave thing, which I think was everybody in Rage Against the Machine except for Zach De La Rocha. And the Creed guys formed somebody who was like, hey, we're everybody but Scott Stapp. Thanks for coming out tonight. So I don't really know why they would have brought him back unless it was just some, unless they got to figure that there's some small pocket of Creed fans who will come see them. And then everybody else will go to see them, will pay for the ticket and go is like a goof. They're not going to be anywhere near here. Are you sure that they're actually, are you sure they're actually, uh, they're actually reuniting? It's all, yeah, it's all East Coast, like Cincinnati, Cleveland, Indianapolis, Horndell, New York. (laughs) Wontog, New York. Good evening, Horndale. Darien Lakes, New York. That's fantastic. Maybe they can share the bill with Florence Henderson and a Shirley Jones. Bozier City, Louisiana. They're really hitting every uh, every cosmopolitan metropolis on Earth. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. All right, Don Taylor from Cinematical is here. Don Taylor, what can the people go out and purchase and consume in the way of DVDs? Well, it's kind of a light day for DVD releases. Uh, there's a horror film, The Uninvited, uh, for families. Hotel for Dogs is uh, is out. Um, also, Bride Wars, 
if you're a big Anne Hathaway, uh, Kate Hudson fan. Uh, for you, Rick Emerson, by the way, uh, in stories today, the Frost Nixon, the complete interviews. Really? Yes. So this is not the movie. This is the actual interviews that the movie was based on. Exactly. How many? So that's what? It's four? I guess I should know. I watched the movie. It was like four hours or four 90-minute interviews or something, something like that? Something like that, yeah. Excellent. And, and it includes a, a new 2007 little feature with David Frost talking about the historical impact of the interviews and his uh, reactions to the Peter Morgan play. <laughs> See, because here's the thing. is like when that whole – when the movie was coming out and there was all that press about Frost Nixon – I never saw that guy interviewed anywhere, the actual David Frost. I never sort of saw him depicted. And I think it was it was very telling also that in the Frost-Nixon movie, they do this sort of jumping backward and forward in time where they have people in the you know, present day talking about the interview session. And then they go back and they show the interview session. But the, but David Frost is not one of them. Uh, so it's a, they sort of leave him out of out of the, the retelling entirely. Well, and Nixon as well. It's the two principles, right. and then you're basically getting the additional perspective of the peripheral people. That is fantastic. I will totally pick that up. But you have to remember, in the original days of David Frost, there was a glut of these daytime talk show hosts. There was Merv. There was Mike Douglas. Um, Steve Allen always had another talk show coming out. Totally. The guy who married uh, Marlo Thomas. Uh, Phil, Donahue. Phil Donahue. Phil Donahue. Yeah. Phil Donahue. There were tons of those guys around. Boy, Phil Donahue. You want to talk about a guy that was just represented a very specific slice of the American experience. They really don't. Uh, they don't make him like that guy anymore. All I remember about Phil Donahue is he had that weird helmet of uh, of silver hair that just seemed immobile, and then he had one of those weird, uh, sort of elongated, skinny Bob Barker microphones. And like every other show was transvestites. Like he that he made his mark by being the guy who put transvestites on television. That and he was the thing about Phil Donahue was is that he was sort of the, he, he was kind of cut from that Alan Alda uh, emoji. You know, he was the guy who would understand you while your husband is off gallivanting around. He was town. very sensitive. I remember he did. There was a the, the, this is how easy it used to be uh, to, to create controversy. Phil Donahue was, a, was kind of a scandal at one point because he did his show in a skirt, like he put on a you know to, to like experience the plight of. His sisters or whatever. Probably it was a transvestite show. Probably. Well, they're all transvestites. Well, today you have to go to Craigslist for them. <laughs> yes, yes, you do. Uh, all right. We'll uh, be rejoined by Don Taylor in just one moment. Uh, plus, Tim Riley has more uh, headlines on the way. This, however, from the Hill is CNN radio correspondent to the stars and fashionable woman of the world, Lisa Desjardins. Hello to you. Hello to you. How are uh, How are you? How are things? How's life? Delighted to be speaking to you, but I don't know if it's appropriate to gush on FM radio. You can get this is this is the place for gushing. This hey. is really the you can uh, you can gush, you can crack wise, uh, you can uh, you can engage in uh, any manner of lowest common denominator lowbrow humor. Wise cracker. Really, the uh, you know we are a broad spectrum of entertainment here. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to say it's inappropriate to gush on Swine Flu Day, but apparently that's okay. <laughs> no, that's no problems there. No problems there. <laughs> done and done. Um, for now, Swine Flu is still still not tragic. So we're we're waiting to see. It, it, you just still jinxed a little it, Lisa. hilarious, but a problem. Still a little hilarious. I should say, by the way, speaking of FM radio, so uh, one of the things that we sort of inherited when we uh, when we took this shift is that there was a pre-existing. Uh, like like one of those you know radio uh, comedy services, uh, so like DJs can come in. Like you know, like it's no longer. It's kind of like guys who don't have uh, their own thoughts, and so they must go to a bait and tackle store and buy a bumper sticker of some kind to put on the back of their vehicle. And so there are these services for for DJs too, where it's like if you don't actually have your own wit or your own thoughts about anything, you can just go online, and then somebody will you know somebody will will you know it, it sort of give you all of your alleged comedy to pass along to the audience. 
So wow. we, we were looking at this you radio. About this. All right. We're looking at the radio prep service this morning, and there is in fact an entire section of pre-prepared radio comedy just called Swine Flu Hilarity. <laughs> so, and the and it's all you know what it is. It's already paid off because you just giggled at it. So there you go. The uh, the investment has already recouped itself. I think it's the use of the word hilarity in that context is always like, oh, this is not hilarious. Here's here's by the way. Here's a uh, here's a quintessential example of this. Uh, I don't think we have this, but yesterday. There's the cream song, Strange Brew. Yesterday, there was, in fact, a parody song being offered that was, in fact, just called Swine Flu, to the uh, <laughs> tune of that cream song. So, there you go. What Weird Al, uh, yeah. So, what is it that we're... Um what is it that we're supposed to do here? Uh, am I supposed to cover my mouth or put a bag on my head or... I don't know, hide, hide in a in a safe or something. What am I? What am I to do here? Like Guantanamo detainees in good shape because of the whole covered face thing. That that might be on your list of hilarity. Um, the deal is you are supposed to wash your hands a lot. That that is that is the number one recommendation. If you are in Mexico and listening to this show, you are advised to wear a mask when you're out in public. But if you're in the United States. So far, our government has said you can wear a mask if you're in an area where there's high concern or where you know that there's an incident of the swine flu, like California. You can wear a mask if you want, but they're not actually recommending it. They're saying it's your decision. Um, above all, they're saying wash your hands a lot. That's that's pretty much it. So and this is because, what, because it's, it's like lurking around on the handle of the vending machine or something? <laughs> well, they think Americans have dirty hands. Well, we do. We're a... We're a filthy people. It's hey. sort of a back door to dealing with that. No, I, I, it is because this, this flu, and like most flus, is, is mostly transmitted by people kind of touching something that has the virus on it and then bringing it close to their face with their hands, like either uh, to their nose or in their mouth, you know, breathing it in or putting their fingers on their lips or in their mouth, that kind of thing. That is one of the major ways of flu transmission. Now, of course, it, it, it is also transmitted by direct person-person contact, kissing, those kinds of things. Uh, but, but the hands are the number one uh, proven transmitter. We, we don't, you know, if you think about all the movies, it's gone airborne. We don't know that this is a virus that can be carried through droplets in the air. Um, but people, we're still figuring it out. So if you want to wear a mask in Mexico City, they're saying because now they have more than 1,000 people who are infected, they're saying it's probably a good idea. And by the way, if you're listening to this show in Mexico, I would strongly advise that you just live in a different country. I mean, let's just, uh, let's just, I mean, really, I mean, any number of problems will be solved in your life if you just live somewhere, almost at random, it seems like you could probably pick somewhere. Uh, and it, you would, for, for example, you wouldn't have air that you can actually, uh, uh, you know, that you can actually cut through with a shovel, for one thing. <laughs> It really is Armageddon down there. I've got a, um, a a friend who lives in Mexico City, and you know, I'm emailing him, making sure he's okay. He's having a baby soon, and and he's like, "Yeah, geez, what a time for a pandemic." Honestly, as I hit send, earthquake hits Mexico City. What a time for a pandemic. I'm sorry. Can we postpone this pandemic until uh, I don't know, maybe two Thursdays from now? I am so busy. Look at my planner. It is just unbelievably bad, bad hectic. Time for me. I've, I'm booked. Uh, well, fortunately for uh, for myself, I'm like a I'm like the Jack Nicholson OCD guy with that Purell instant hand sanitizer. So right, right. It, 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 I am uh, I am constantly obliterating microbes by the billions uh, all over myself. Well, then let me ask you: Do you feel like because this, this seems to be this was a big debate last night that you, we were hearing a lot about? Is is this is the media causing undue panic? Is the government or is this just being handled just about right? I, mean, I think we all know the answer to that, don't we, Lisa? <laughs> oh. 
I know that some of us probably uh, aren't allowed to say it out loud, but look, I mean, it, I, good news for you because I know you like undue panic. I just I like it when things go bad. That's my thing. I like it when uh, when there's chaos. I like discord, entropy. Uh, anytime that there is sort of an upheaval or strife of any kind, especially if there's some kind of violence that goes along with it, I am a happy guy. But I will say that I turned on. Uh, I, but my happiness just pales in comparison. It's like Anderson Cooper was on some sort of weird amphetamine manic cycle last night. Like, it turned out it was like everything he could do to, to not break out a top hat and a cane and start no, doing a really? dance about the swine flu. I mean, it was... It was sort of like the world's happiest weather guy, except instead of pointing at a map where he's like, and we're going to have a low-pressure system in here, it was sort of like, and a man was bleeding from the eyes in Brooklyn. And then there would be like a big uh, little, you know, there would be like an icon that they would put on the map to sort of demonstrate it. So I am thinking about offering some sort of a kooky uh, morning show prize to the first person in Oregon that can demonstrate conclusively that they have swine flu. Oh, that's a good idea. And make it like, and you know, and make it like a really tempting prize. Like for, uh, like uh, for example, uh, tickets to go see this Creed reunion. You know what I mean? Like enough that a guy would kind of maybe think, well, I don't know. Maybe all things being considered, I go get the swine flu, then I see Creed, then they fix the swine flu. You know, you might actually sort of ponder, uh, you know, whether to whether to sort of. Uh, but the, the thing is that there is actual medication that is that does treat the swine flu. Yeah. Tamiflu treats the swine flu. You know, so but I mean, if you're there's some people that are weak and that it, it you know it doesn't it's not enough. So that's the scary part. But hey, uh, just real quickly here, it's worth it. Would be it might be worth it for someone. To I'm I'm just saying uh, that uh, you should uh, claim that Tammy flu is in fact uh, just some sort of a flu that you would find outside of a trailer park uh, that is perhaps on its way to uh you know to like uh you know to get its hair done and talk about how the uh, the ex husband won't pay his child support. Was that on the list? That's the Tammy flu. All right. Okay. Uh, on that note, Lisa Desjardins, have a uh, fantastic afternoon, and okay, we will have nice a... speaks with you very soon. There you go. See, the joke was so bad, she thought it was from the Lots of Laughs press, uh, prep service. Tammy Flu, get on in here! You should actually uh, give a prize to someone who proves that they have swine flu, send them to the Creed show, but get them backstage passes. <gasps> Only give them the prize if they give the swine flu to Scott Stapp. I like what we're hearing. All right. It's uh, 503-228-4101, 503-228-4101. Straight ahead, we will wrap things up with Don Taylor from Cinematical, and Tim Riley has more news. This is The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Now, here's traffic. The rain is raising havoc. Crash, Highway 30 eastbound at 29th. Left lane and turn lane closed. Fire and police on the scene. Crash, I-205 northbound at Glen Jackson Bridge. Left lane closed. That's traffic on Rock 101 KUFO. You have never sounded more gleeful when uh, when describing your traffic, Tim. Do you think so? Yes. Yes, I do. But I'm happy to have something to do. As are we all, Tim. Uh, let's talk about Secret Aardvark Abanero Hot Sauce. You can find out more about it at secretartvark.com. That is with uh, two A's. Uh, Secret Aardvark. Not common. It's a recipe made right here in Portland. It's a uh, Portland-based company, so you can feel good about that as well. It is a fantastic sauce that is just a, a perfect mixture of heat and spice and flavor. And it's all mixed together in a way that doesn't overwhelm the taste of your food. It doesn't uh, you know, make everything one uh, you know wash of heat, which a lot of times a hot sauce will do. You go and you buy a hot sauce and you put it on something and you realize two things. One, y- you can't taste anything. Because it's just it's just so hot, and you realize the second thing is that it's a sauce that's not even really designed to be used by anybody. It's just a thing that you like have on a shelf. So when you're like your drunk friend Hank comes over, 
uh, you know, and he gets like halfway through a case of Heineken, and you say, "Hey, have some of this," and then he tries it, and then. You know, it more or less exists as a novelty item on your shelf. So you don't want that. And here, the other thing you don't want is you don't want a hot sauce that isn't hot. And sometimes you buy it and it just ends up being like vinegar and like a little bit of red pepper. And it sits and coagulates in your cupboard because it doesn't actually do what it's supposed to do, which is make your food spicy. So Secret Aardvark hot sauce is a thing you can find at New Seasons. You can find it at Whole Foods or you can just go to secretardvark.com and you can find out restaurants that have it. You can find out stores that stock it. And if you don't see it, you should ask for it. It is fantastic. It's a Caribbean and Southwest flavored hot sauce that has habanero and it has a blend of other natural flavors that are wonderful. Secretardvark.com is where you can find out about Secret Aardvark habanero hot sauce. One sauce to rule them all. Putting the cult in pop culture. The goggles do nothing. The Rick Emerson Show returns on Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It is Rock 101 KUFO. It's Tuesday morning. It's 503-228-4101. Coming up next hour, Katie Darrell from TMZ.com. We'll also be giving away a pair of taxes to see Brett Michaels at the Roseland May 6th. Uh, those come along with a meet and greet and your chance to perform on stage with Mr. Michaels for his final song of the evening. Ladies and gentlemen, at the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Oh, boy, a woman has been struck and killed by a max train. Happened last night at Goose Hall around 7.45. All of a sudden, it stopped. Then after about two minutes of silence, the passengers were informed that the train hit a pedestrian. The lights went out. They thought the max was broken. Then the conductor came on the intercom with a really shaky voice and said they just hit a pedestrian. Meanwhile, uh, Oregon students in Mexico are coming home. And they have to come home without the swine flu. Uh, they made that trip there. Local hospitals are taking precautions to keep the virus from spreading if it ever gets here. Uh, people come in seeking help, and they see signs telling them, oh, they see signs in the hospital telling them to cover their mouths and don't cough in front of people. So That's the best they can do right now. But, I mean, if you're coming back, what are they, are they like, uh, are they, they're testing you or something as you come back? I mean, how would you even, like, how would you know? Well, people are coming in with coughs and sniffles and whatnot, thinking that they have it. So they're, they're, uh... I mean, they're really taking away from the resources of people who are really sick but I mean, in hospitals. But if you, like, so, for example, if, like, you and all your friends were in the, you know, you're in Puerto Vallarta or something, mm -hmm. and you come back to the airport, I mean, they have no, it's not like you can walk through, it's not like that stupid blowy thing uh, that shows your, shows your junk and then determines if you've been making explosives at home all day. Right. Like, there's no, like, there's no way to tell, right? They can't tell. Like, Sarah could be filled with uh, swine flu right now. How would I we even be. know? Chuck full. There's, I mean, this could be overflowing with swine flu, and there'd be no way to determine that. So these all seem just like made-up precautions. This is why I don't care. I'm going on the record right now. I don't care. Not one tiny little bit. But here's what they tell us. If you have the flu, you feel like you've gotten run over by a Mack truck. It's uh, You have a real high fever. You get terrible body aches. Your spine is broken. And those uh, Michael Jackson masks don't do anybody any good. Any no, kind they of don't. covering that prevents you know, spray of droplets when you cough. Um, anything that will uh, help protect you to some degree may not be perfect, but it's better than nothing. It really, your spray of droplets is like the worst phrase ever. I, I don't know what kind of coughing that guy does, uh, but if you're spraying droplets when you cough, you might want to look in the mirror and make sure that you are not, in fact, a Gila monster. I think spray of droplets was the sequel to Drops of Jupiter. <laughs> It's my uh, it's my emo band. It's going to be called Spray of Droplets. Right. Meanwhile, there's a master flying off the shelves in Utah. It's obviously because of the news out of Mexico and the fact that this has mutated through the pig population now to a human to human 
transferable, you know, disease that it became apparent that we needed to be prepared. I, I don't trust anything that mutates through the pig population. Also, uh, I would like to toss this out there to anybody, uh, perhaps a, a local television news reporter. Yes. Mask hysteria. I like that. Uh, whatever. They're going right. to use it. Here's uh, Tim Riley. So the sex sentence has to be false because I don't think it was issued. Despite the CDC's warning against kissing, when was that issued? I, I don't know. Well, that's the first sentence of this, and I, I think it's false. Well, that's how the swine virus spreads, right? Kissing who? Kissing who? Pigs. I, uh, but I <laughs> no kissing. Pigs. When did we, no kissing on, pigs, what, please. What warning against kissing? That's what it says here. Oh, that's in this uh, Jennifer Aniston Jason Bateman story. No, no, I've got I've got nothing. <laughs> well, it says Jennifer Aniston and Jason Bateman were kissing despite the CDC's warning against kissing. Maybe the CDC just wants movie stars to stop kissing. All in the name of their craft. No, it's not romantic. The uh, the two are filming a film called The Baster. I'm not sure if this <laughs> the is about baster. The Baster. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yes. There's a movie called The Baster? The Baster. But it would make me cry if Jennifer Aniston was really making out with Jason Bateman. The Baster? <laughs> yes. Well, this is about uh, two turkey cooks in love. No, we don't know that for a fact. Oh. We know the movie is called The Baster. Oh, please tell me this is I a guess... comedy about artificial insemination. Really? It was the... Uh... Was the was it the was the was the was the uh, was the caulker already taken? I suppose so. Okay. Aniston's character decides to have a baby with a sperm donor. Oh, <laughs> that's fantastic! All right. So she uses her friend. I was going to see the Jason Bateman, but this is Jason Bateman. All right, the brother. Yes. Ew. Everyone's Are you reading like, oh. the whole synopsis? All right. That, that's all I know. Okay, I just read this. Seven years later, she reunites with her best friend. Uh, who has been living with a secret. He replaced her preferred sperm sample with his own. We've secretly replaced her preferred sperm sample with Folger's crystals, also Jason Bateman's seed. And I, I don't want to give anything away, but uh, I'll, I'd bet good money that by the end of the movie, they fall in love. Why do you have to ruin everything? <laughs> I hate on. movies like that. <laughs> right. I don't like anything that has basting or seed replacement in it. I mean, it's really... I, and I'll play that deliverance sound that's, now. That's, <laughs> please don't play the deliverance sound. Here's Tim Riley at the news desk. So there's a follow-up to that blown-away Chihuahua story we had yesterday. Yes. Remember the uh, Chihuahua that was not, blown away in the not, tornado? Not blown away like in the OK Corral sense. No, no, no. That, that, was, <laughs> that, that was taken away by a large gust of wind. Yes, That yes, can it carry was. a Chihuahua because of its low weight. Well, Tinkerbell has been reunited with their owners after a 70-mile-an-hour gust of wind picked up the six-pound Chihuahua and tossed her out of sight. A Dorothy and Laverne credit a pet psychic for guiding them to a wooded area where they found eight-month-old Tinkerbell. The brown-haired dog was dirty and hungry, but otherwise okay. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. Dorothy and Laverne had set up an outdoor display at a flea market about 25 miles northwest of Detroit. That brought them much, much happiness. <laughs> well, Tinkerbell was standing on the platform trailer when she was swept away by a gust of wind. And she's been found. You think that's a fake story, but it's true. I would. I think we were speculating about the reasons why they would have just left the Chihuahua outside when a tornado-style wind was coming through. Because it's a Chihuahua. I mean, I I'm just, it just seems to me like maybe that's a thing you don't necessarily leave behind. But what do I know? Here's uh, Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen. Well, love is blind. Let's see what that fiance thinks now about the Craigslist killer. Not only was he killing women, he was doing something much worse. He was online trailing for transvestites to have sex with we found one i posted an ad on craigslist under male for t which stands for males for transsexuals that's where he found me this will be very difficult for his fiance to hear it would be tough for any for anyone to hear to hear that your that your fiance is saying that he is single and looking for sex online anonymously with men 
with men, with men who dressed up as women, with transsexuals, with anyone he would be able to get online. This person was, was trolling Craigslist like Monopoly game. I don't know who else he, he contacted through there. So do you think there are others out there? I do, absolutely. I think there's, there are other people out there who, who are either afraid to come out or uh, don't know that they communicate with him. Okay, so the guy Just he was God. with posted a thing that said, males for transsexuals. See, that was my thing. Is like That That's makes confusing. it sound like, right. like this the, guy is the man who's looking for the transsexual. And that the Craigslist murder is the transsexual. Correct. And what does it mean to troll like a Monopoly game? I don't know. I've never done that on Craigslist. I, I, or anywhere else for that matter. You roll the dice and whichever one comes up, that's who you call? That's just sort of, just wherever you land. Well, he, he's known to his fans as Sex Addict 5385. His fans. He's known to his many admirers around the world. And, and wouldn't and who wouldn't email him right back Seriously. with a name like that? Uh, hey, uh, this is Covered in Scabs 752. <laughs> uh, so would you fancy a long evening of petting? The, the Craigslist killer posted an ad allegedly that says, "I'm a 22-year-old grad student, six foot three, 205, good build, blonde, blue eyes. Let me know what you want to see." <laughs> also, I have a large boning knife. See now, when you read it though, Tim, it sounds sexy. Really? No, you make it. Uh, you make it sound also appealing, Tim. I bet this is uh, this is exactly how that took place. Uh, this is exactly how that seduction happened. You read that, and in your head, you hear the warm yet crisp timbre uh, that invites you into his uh, den of iniquity. All right. And then you end up being uh, that guy who's on the news, who sounds, by the way, I'm just saying, it it does seem as though there's going to be any number of people who are going to claim that they... It, it's like how every person so, you meet in Utah claims that they were nearly abducted by, by Ted Bundy. Mm-hmm. Like, every third woman you meet in Salt Lake will tell you that Ted Bundy was there by the side of the road, like Silence of the Lamb style, like trying to get them into the back of a van or something. All right. I agree. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Uh, Don Taylor, your writings can be found at Cinematical, as, uh, as well as Cinemasideshow.com. That they can. Excellent. Thank you for joining us. We will have uh, Katie Darrell joining us from TMZ.com in the next hour, as well as the top five pig songs of all time. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Now broadcasting everywhere. One time, I did actually confess that I uh, made out with my teddy bear. The Rick Emerson Show returns on Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It is Tuesday morning. Just ahead, Katie Darrell from TMZ.com. Uh, also, Tim Riley with the news. And we'll be giving away a pair of tickets to see Brett Michaels at the Roseland, May 6th. Those come with a uh, meet and greet and your chance to perform on stage with Brett at the end of the show, ladies and gentlemen. It's 503-228-4101. Don't call about that quite yet. Let's now welcome from TMZ our good friend Katie Darrell joining us as she does every Tuesday. Hello, Katie Darrell. How are you on this fine morning? I'm doing well. Good morning. Thanks for having me. As always, it is a it is a pleasure. What is going on in the world of other people's misfortune? <laughs> well, Dennis Rodman is going to have to pay two hundred and twenty five thousand dollars for slapping a woman's butt. Well, all right then. I mean, is this a woman who is in close proximity to him by her own choice? Because I would just sort of assume that if you're around him, he's going to grab something uh, intimate of yours at some well, point. Well, yes and no. She was there because she was a waitress. She was the beverage manager at Cuba Libre. This is a bar at the Hard Rock Hotel Casino that's no longer there. This happened back in 2006. And apparently, uh, her name is Sarah Robinson, and she claimed that Rodman uh, went ahead and grabbed her and tried to force her to dance with him, which completely humiliated her in front of her co-workers and other guests, and then he also uh, slapped her butt. So she went ahead and filed a lawsuit, and it looks like the payout uh, has come down in her favor. 
$225,000. Which sort of prompts the question, what is Dennis Rodman doing these days that he actually has sort of a financial income? I mean, I just, I mean, I mean obviously he made it, you know, you know, a ton of money, you know, kind yeah. of when he was in the spotlight. But at this point, I mean, is it, does he have some means of support, as the government would say, that I'm not aware of? Well, here are two things that I know about. One, I know about this one because I work at HDNet as well. He had a TV show for a year at HDNet, um, but but then I don't think it got recanceled, so that's kind of defunct. But I know he did pull in some income there. But secondly, um, from what I understand, he has a construction company in Texas. Uh, when he did a short stint with the Dallas Mavericks, you know how people, you know, there's the uh, the Troy Aikman uh, Ford dealership or right. all these different things, and, and you lend your name to different organizations and basically just sit back and get the residual check. His name is on some sort of construction company in Dallas. So he might be actually pulling in some bank there. Fantastic. What else is uh, happening in your world, Katie Darrell? Well, uh, I'm not sure if you guys actually follow Heidi and Spencer. These are the two uh, bad cats from the hills. I do. Oh, good, good. Thank <laughs> you. Um, well, apparently they pulled a, off a wedding this weekend. They got married. It's for the season finale on their uh, MTV show. But uh, they had a total wedding faux pas, actually three faux pas. First and foremost, uh, they showed up late to their own reception, all right? The reception was supposed to start at 6 p.m. The doors didn't even open until 7.30 p.m., so people were just standing there. And then the guests of honor didn't show up until 9 p.m., all right? But it gets worse. So you're standing there and you're waiting. You're like, hey, where's Heidi and Spencer? Oh, well, we'll, we'll just blow off some steam and have a cocktail while we're waiting. No dice. The beer and wine was free, but you had to shell out $10 for mixed drinks. Oh. And then you're like, oh, okay, well, I'll just stick to beer and wine. That's fine. And I'll just, you know, gouge myself on food and desserts and decadence. Mm-mm, no, they didn't have a sit-down dinner. They just had a couple of appetizers that were being handed around on a tray, something that was like a tuna tartare dish and something that the person that ratted out Heidi Spencer described as chicken salad on a cracker. <laughs> oh. I'm just picturing sort of like a, like a rickety card table on which is like a series of triscuits uh, covered with uh, like stale uh, like stale uh, ham or something. Yes, but, I think that's what, basically that's what it was described to us as, which is just tragic considering these people pull in, you know, we find out their figure every year and, and, and Heidi Spencer pull in something like ten to $20,000 per episode. Um, so they've got the cash and obviously they know how to work the celebrity endorsements um, so they could have gotten someone to cover this. I mean, why not just have your wedding sponsored by, you know, a vodka or something? Uh, what we've got here is we've got uh, some wheat thins with grape jelly. Uh, don't eat them all, though. There's a finite number of these to go around at the reception they today. Coupons. You yeah. get a coupon for your drink and a coupon for your cracker. Exactly. Who wants a cup of nuts? Nut cup? Anyone? All right. Excellent. Katie Darrell, as always, a pleasure. We will uh, talk with you uh, next Tuesday. Have a satisfying and productive day. Thanks so much. Talk right, to you soon. Katie Darrow, ladies and gentlemen. Wonderful. Excellent. I cannot believe Heidi married Spencer. Uh, you know, I <laughs> I only know about he's it. Such, he's like the biggest douchebag ever. Which, like, one of those things that I sort of know about because I was walking through the living room as my wife was watching uh, the finale or whatever it was when they, when they got married. So I sort of learned about it through uh, osmosis. In uh, just one moment, we will uh, be joined by Tim Riley at the news desk. Let me do this. Uh, uh, Greg Nibbler, if you are listening, uh, we're going to take uh, caller 10 right here uh, for your shot at tickets to see Brett Michaels. He is coming to the Roseland May 6th. And not only tickets, Rick, what else? You will also get a meet and greet, Sarah, as well as your chance to perform on stage with Brett. He does the big uh, finale every night, which is uh, the song Nothing But a Good Time. So uh, you will get a chance to perform live on stage at the conclusion of Nothing But a Good Time, which is the final song at the Brett Michaels show, which is happening at the Roseland. So that is caller 10 at 5 Three seven three three two 
970. Are you going to be on stage for it? Uh, yeah, probably not. Uh, but mm. uh, I will be uh, I will be standing in the audience enjoying the musical stylings of Brett. I can't see Mr. Michaels that night. We're going to play uh, Vomit or Not. Uh, so that is what we are uh, playing here. That is the uh, rock trivia, specifically Vomit or Not. So we will take caller 10 at 503-228-4101. This is Tim Riley at the News Desk. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. Well, the man accused of money laundering was tripped up because he could have used a little cleaning up himself. Court records show that during a trip to Eugene Bank, Michael James Walsh drew attention to himself because of his foul odor, possibly linked to fertilizer. Well, a teller vomited. Customers complained after an IRS investigation into a drug operation involving high-potency marijuana, and some of those so-called magic mushrooms. A federal grand jury indicted him. He did not. Uh, he does not face drug charges, but accused of uh, laundering cash in dozens of transactions totaling $500,000. Court records show he pled guilty to manufacturing, delivering, control of substances. And yes, he's the fellow who made the tellers vomit. <laughs> That's not like making the young girl swoon, by the way. That's a totally different chain of events. Doesn't it seem like you would almost have to work at it to, to be have a, such an off-putting body owner mm-hmm. that it makes people vomit? I mean, I really, I mean, I've, I've, I've been laid low by various flu-like illnesses over the years, and I can count on less than one hand the number of times that I've actually, uh, you know, kind of lost my lunch. The idea that just standing next to a guy would induce some sort of uncontrollable retching is almost impressive in an awful way. Well, old Bill Ratney up in uh, Buckley, Washington, you see, has a pet he never wanted. As I look out the window, it was an emu sitting in my backyard. It's one of the oddest things. They don't fly or nothing. And how'd they get in my backyard? Well, he closed the yard gate, called animal control, but he was told animal control doesn't deal with emus. Uh, Rattery's neighbors say the emu has been prancing up and down the street for about a week now, peeking in people's windows. The emu appears to be fascinated, too. On uh, Saturday, he was caught sneaking a peek over a K-Fay's fence. Startled, she called police. Unless he's harming or causing destruction, there's nothing that they can do. Wait a minute, so an emu is... Isn't that, that one of those things that they make uh, that is like a pack animal or something? Yeah, you can ride it if you want to. Well, what am I thinking of then? What am I thinking of that's like a that's like a it's like a mule or a, a camel or something? That would be a mule or a camel. This is a bird. <laughs> it's like a mule or a, it's a llama. That's what I'm thinking of. It, it's sort of like a llama with feathers. An emu, okay, yes. but an emu is a bird, can, it, but it can't fly. Apparently, no, it cannot. So it got there how? Oh, they it kind of look yet. like ostriches. Right? Yes, it's peeking in people's windows. Well, that would be distinctly and, uh, unnerving. And K. Fry called police and said they can't do nothing. <laughs> Bob and Joe, the emu looking in the window again. <laughs> Give me the shotgun. All right. So right now he's uh, he's back at old uh, Bill Ratley's yard, uh, e- eating up some dandelions <laughs> for now. And they're looking for the owner of the emu. <laughs> so his daughter wants to put a saddle on it and ride it around. But she's a little afraid of it. It looks like Big Bird to her, says old Bill. <laughs> <laughs> news from the middle of America. Wow. That's from uh, Buckley, Washington. You were like dead center in the middle of the bell curve uh, with that. That's fantastic. Well, I'm Let's... trying to reach you that prime demographic. In. Well, uh, Tim, those are the uh, those are the salt of the earth uh, people that need entertainment. Well, not to be concerned, but a huge portion of the Antarctic has just snapped off and fallen into the sea. Yeah, I don't really care about it. How big is a huge portion, does it say? Uh, it's it's huge. <laughs> what is it the size of? It's, uh, it's like a largish dinner plate? It's about square miles. Oh, oh I see. So I somewhat that bigger that is than that. huge, isn't it? But, I mean, if there's a, an issue of global warming, doesn't it stand to reason that that uh, ice will go elsewhere and cool the oceans? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, there you go. So, see, it ends up being, it ends up being a bit of a wash. 
do uh, one more here, and then we will uh, play uh, Vomit or Not Trivia for uh, your parents are, parents are outraged by this coloring book put out by FEMA. Uh, one page uh, depicts uh, pictures of a fire for children to uh, color. Another shows two children cowering under a table as a man comes down the stairway. And this is presumably for a tornado, so we're not making this up. This is an no, actual it's real. children's coloring book. Go to FEMA.com. You can FEMA. download. Org, I'm sorry. No, FEMA.gov. The stairs one is the most disturbing. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it, 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 but you can go to the FEMA website and you can uh, print these out. So this is a coloring you can do book. Do them one at a time. And this one, the, the caption for this tornado one is: If a tornado is coming, go to a safe place right away. But if you were not to see the caption of this, I, I, all you all, all you would know is that there is a picture here where a man is coming down the stairs into the basement, it's and like he's are, creeping down the stairs too. Two children, yeah, they were cowering underneath a table. Yeah, where's my spanking stick? <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's just, which one of you is naughty and which one of you is nice today? I've got to ride a, the emu. I've got a, <laughs> Who wants to go see the baster? Uh, so there's, there's just these, uh, but these poor children cowering on the ground. You're supposed to color this picture. While creepy Uncle Ted comes down the stairs to pay them a very special visit. And you he are pres- visits once a year. <laughs> That's it's when, always a memorable occasion. When, when, <laughs> uh, yes, it is, Tim. There's another one here. Uh, this, this FEMA coloring book. There's one for the, uh, I guess it's for hurricanes. And the caption is, if a hurricane is coming, you and your family may need to leave home and go to a safer place. But it's like, this one again, it just looks for all the world like they're preparing for the zombie apocalypse. Like it's a lot of, it's like a, like getting wrenches and boarding up the windows. Is that them evacuating and filling up the station wagon? I like yes, it is. No, it's, a, but they're filling the car up with canned goods. Oh, there it is. Yeah. And this doesn't make any sense. They're filling the car up with canned goods and uh, supplies and luggage and whatever. So they got all this stuff. And yet the dad is still boarding up the windows of the house, which makes oh, no sense. Oh, I didn't sense. see that one. That's creepy. I mean, well, the family is working as a team. As that, a but that's just works. illogical. If you're leaving the house, it seems like you could be doubling the amount of time that you're using to put, you know, you, the energy with which you are loading food into the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you are diminishing that by having dad board up the windows to a house that you are abandoning. Also, this next page is just a family on a hill watching their house being whisked away by a flood. <laughs> so, mommy, what color are tears? Tears of sadness and sadness. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, well, let us do this, ladies and gentlemen. We will um, hold a collar ten. Hello? There's not enough red in the world for this coloring book, by the way. Uh, hello, sir. Uh, how are you on this fine Tuesday morning? I'm all right. Just enjoying the rain. All right, then. Uh, my friend, are you prepared to play Vomit or Not Rock Trivia for your shot at a pair of Brett Michaels tickets, as well as the chance for a meet and greet and your opportunity to perhaps perform on stage for the final song of the evening? Are you ready for that? Uh, sure. Way to sell it, my friend. All right. Of the following, which rock star did not die from choking on his own vomit? Which of the following rock stars did not, I repeat, not die from choking on his own vomit. One of the following. Was it ACDC's Bon Scott? Was it Led Zeppelin's John Bonham? Was it The Who's Keith Moon? Of those three rock stars, which one did not die from choking on his own vomit? What was the second one? Your choices were A, ACDC's Bon Scott, B, Led Zeppelin's John Bonham, or C, The Who's Keith Moon? Oh, that's a tough one, man. Uh, I'll go with uh, huh, Led Zeppelin. You were going with John Bonham. 
Yeah. Sadly, that is incorrect, my friend. The correct answer is The Who's Keith Moon, who, in a very pleasant irony, uh, overdosed on a drug that was helping to uh, getting him, uh, get him off of alcohol. So ACDC's Bon Scott choked on vomit. Uh, Led Zeppelin's John Bonham choked on vomit. The Who's Keith Moon overdosed on an abuse. All right. Uh, well, thank you for playing anyway. There you go. That was uh, that guy. Uh, perhaps one more time here before the end of the show, we will endeavor to give away a pair of tickets to see Brett Michaels at the Roseland. So that's coming up. It's 503 It's not. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. We'll try to do that once more before the uh, top of the hour. This is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Back after this, more of Tim Riley and today's top five. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It is Tuesday morning. Coming up at 9, Smells Like the 90s with our good friend uh, Buzz. This is Tim Riley, who is at the News Desk. In the News with Tim Riley. Well, it's important to use a little bit of common sense when uh, dealing with this pandemic, say people in the know from Washington. Common sense means washing hands, staying home from work or school. Uh, If you feel sick, uh, covering your mouth if you cough or sneeze. That's right. The new million-dollar business is making signs that say, put your hand over your mouth if you're going to cough. La vez los manos. Is that what that means? No, that's wash your hands. Oh. Well, here's a little uh, humor for the pandemic. <laughs> Switzerland had its own close call with the swine flu today as a box full of the virus samples packed in dry house exploded on a train. That is funny. The samples were different than the deadly kind that... Suspected 150 people. It was the cute kind. This is the Switzerland uh, brand of the uh, swine <laughs> flu. <laughs> That's it. Uh, it's just on little ice skates. Yes. A technician was taking the vials to a research facility in Geneva where Swiss scientists were developing a test for it. Uh, one woman was hurt when the test samples exploded on the train. Police halted the train mid-route and called for virus specialists who just happened to be on hand for some reason. The experts say... These vials pose no damage at all or danger to humans. I love the idea of her just sort of standing there where they say, well, hold on, we'll, uh, we'll get somebody to come look at this. And she's just, you know, sort of doused in pig virus, just sort of, I mean, what are you really supposed to do at that point? I mean, is it, do you just one just, do you just uh, get out a good book and just read that while you're waiting for the guys to come and trowel the pig virus off of you? Here's uh, Tim Riley. Well, GE has a new breakthrough. They can now put 100 DVDs on one disc. So this is a necessary thing. It'll be a great uh, gift idea. No word on what the price will be, and when it'll hit the market. Then Barack Obama, who's uh, fond of using the teleprompter, as every public figure is, well, kind of stumbled over it yesterday and asked for somebody to start it again. And I will charge PCAST with advising me about national strategies to nurture and sustain a culture of scientific innovation. In addition to John, sorry, the, the, uh, I just noticed that uh, I, I jumped the gun here. Go ahead and move it up. I'd already had, I'd already introduced all you guys. Darn. You know, here's the thing about Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. He's really good on the teleprompter. He's really bad off the cuff. If, when that guy has to sort of freestyle there and he doesn't have the prepared text in front of him, he's uh-huh. not nearly as good a speaker as everybody thinks he is. Uh, I mean, it's just, it, you know, he has he has that great rhetorical flow, but that's only when he has the prepared text in front of him. And this has happened two or three times now where, like, the the, the script or the copy or whatever it is just isn't there or it goes dead. And he always uh, just flails around. He's he's not really able to, uh, to sort of just improv his way out of it. Yeah, it doesn't give me a lot of confidence in him. No. Well, Tempe got a taste of Hollywood. Yes. Tempe became Hollywood as X-Men Origins The Wolverine premiered yesterday afternoon. Really? Uh, was 
the, was Arizona the, the temporary home uh, base of Wolverine, Tim? It was. Hugh Jackman rolled into the red carpet event on a motorcycle. He shook hands with fans and said a few words to everyone in attendance. You guys voted the most. You won it. And I'm so proud to be here with the cast and, most importantly, with the film. To show it to you guys first. Fans were overjoyed. I want a pair of claws, actually. <laughs> I'm, de- I'm definitely going to be uh, Wolverine for Halloween, probably. <laughs> Many camped out overnight. This is my absolute last ticket for the sleepover they had Saturday night. Well, I didn't actually sleep that night because we were all packed standing up. We got there at 7 at night and waited till 9 in the morning. Yeah, so none of us slept that night. I've been here since probably 10.30 in the morning today. And, again, I just barely made it. Me and the other gals down at the satisfying day in Tempe. <laughs> Me, and the guys at the at the nail salon <laughs> have uh, orbited our entire lives around this event for the last five weeks. Now we have nothing to live for. Well, Shirley Jones, who just turned twenty-five, is about to take off her clothes and expose her bosoms on the television. I'm sorry, she just turned how old? Seventy-five. Okay, seventy-five. All right. She is grandmother of ten. And she's going topless in an upcoming episode of A&E's The Cleaner. All right. Now, somebody, but we, I don't know how they know this, but somebody emailed in to clarify that they do not believe that she's actually being topless, like in the absolute sense of the word. In other words, it's going to be like that thing, you know, where there was that whole brouhaha, and Miley Cyrus is going to be topless or whatever. There was all this scandal. But it was like that same thing they do where it's like topless, but then like back to the camera or something, which doesn't really count, I think, in anybody's opinion. Well, we'll find out. And soon she's going to go on tour with, guess who? Florence Henderson. And she's about the same age, I would imagine. Florence Henderson is 72, I believe, because I was looking it up uh, during this last uh, during the last break. Because Shirley Jones, here's the thing about Shirley Jones. Shirley Jones and Florence Henderson are sort of, they've got that kind of Betty and Veronica thing going on, where Shirley Jones is hot but seems sort of pure, whereas Florence Henderson is hot but it seems ever so slightly trampy. I mean, she's got more of a, uh, she's got a little bit of a slatternly vibe to her that I like quite a lot. Uh, that resonates uh, strongly with me, but I'm just so. But, but having them together, you know, sort of on the same bill, they got to be singing some songs. Seems like a, seems like an inevitability. And let me ask you this: Do we want to talk to a guy who claims that Creed was the CCR of the '90s? No, no, we know that. I mean, I'm not asking if you agree with the statement. <laughs> I'm asking: Do you want to talk to a guy who says that Creed was the CCR of the '90s? If you want to. We get some time to kill. But I'm asking. But, Tim, it's, it's, it's always about me. Rick Emerson is always oh, uh, steering the ship here. Do you uh, have some time to here. kill? No, I'm asking, oh. do you wish to uh, to hear what this guy has to say? Sure. Sarah? Um, We're a little under the gun. Like, if you want to get to the top five and everything, we might have to wait for the creep. Let's see if he can put it in 15 seconds. Sir, in 15 seconds or less, uh, first of all, is this, a, is this a gag caller? Are you uh, sincere with this point? No, I'm very sincere. Right? All right. Please to explain in 15 seconds or less why Creed was the CCR of the 90s. Wow, he actually told you CCR in the 90s. Well, look at him. How many uh, top ten hits do they have? And the fact is that they wouldn't be doing a tour uh, in big venues until until basically they could test the waters to see how they are again, you know? So, I mean, it's been, what, 15 years? This is a six-year hiatus. No, I was just waiting to see if the actual CCR comparison was going to happen at some point. Well, you know, I was going to kind of throw it at you because you're more of the radio expert than I am and the music expert. But Yeah, you know. this is a bad choice. That was a bad idea. Yeah, we chose poorly. All right. Sorry about that. The They'll play 41 guy. cities. All right. Well, how nice for them. Here's your top five for Tuesday in the Rick Emerson Show. Yeah, I, I shouldn't. <laughs> Greg just typed on the screen. Wow. Sorry about that. Well, no one's perfect, Greg Nibbler. Counting is 
is wonderful. Counting is marvelous. Counting's the best thing to do. Counting is happiness. Counting is ecstasy. I love to count, don't you? Ladies and gentlemen, here is Tim Riley with your top five. And as millions flee for their lives, and we understand there's been a, an outbreak at Disney World. Uh, just one step ahead of the dreaded swine flu, we take a moment to ponder the humble pig. Wait, what? 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 Did, what? What? The thing you just said about the swine flu? Oh, they they have a reported case at Disney World. Fantastic. All right, not Disneyland, Disney World. World, Florida. Mm-hmm. Excellent. All right. So we take a moment to ponder the humble pig. Yes, our companions, the hogs, have made a sizable impact in, among other places, the world of music. Here are the top five pig songs of all time. At number five, it's Green Jello with three little pigs. So I know that they have eventually changed their name to Green Jelly, but I call them Green Jello as everyone does. So we have a long and tortured history with this song. I should say for the record, I loathe this song with everything in me. There's nothing about this song that I don't despise. Especially because when I was a uh, rock DJ working the overnight shift many years ago, this was the song that always seemed to be playing when my alarm clock would go off at 11.45 at night. And I lived just down the street from the station, so it's like I, I could get up fairly late. And my alarm clock would go off at 11.45, and it was set to the radio station. And every time the alarm would go off, it would be this song playing. Oh, that would be jarring. And so I will forever associate this song, which is off-putting under, like, the best of circumstances, with having to get up and go to work at a job that I despised. And this is really on the list only because there's a finite number of pig songs in this world. All right, these are the top five pig songs of all time. Tim Riley. Number four, Pink Floyd, Pigs on the Wing. This is the opening and closing track, by the way, to the Animals album, which is uh, really one of the underrated Pink Floyd albums of all time. This is uh, Pigs on the Wing, uh, part one, a solo performance by Mr. Roger Waters. And of course, in Animals is that record where everything is like 17 minutes long. It's I got... love this record. I have it on vinyl. Animals? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a great record. It's one of my favorite Pink Floyd things like ever. And I'm not especially given to, to really long sort of multi-part compositions as a general rule. But this is really a solid record. Hey, so at Disney World, how many people affected? Do we know? Only one so far. Mm. So what are the symptoms? Maybe Do they we were know? serving food, though. What? What are the symptoms? I don't know. I flu-like symptoms. Flu-like. Well, that's that's the thing about the the pig flu is that like it's everything and nothing altogether, right? It's like yeah. if you're feeling generally tired and run down, maybe a little headache, maybe you're sniffling every now and again. I mean, it, it essentially is the same symptoms that start everything. All right, these are the top five pig songs of all time. Tim Riley, number three, Nine Inch Nails, March of the Pigs. So this is uh, what I guess track two off the downward spiral. This has got that uh, creepy video where it, it looks like a Gap ad in hell, where it's just a, a Trent Reznor standing in the middle of the room, and he's sort of flailing around in like that weird uh, kind of bondagey outfit. The thing about uh, those flu-like symptoms is that that's like the first space 
on uh, like a monopoly board or something. You know what I mean? Everybody, everybody starts at the same point and then it sort of differentiates. Everybody, you know, there's the baseline that is common. So probably 98% of illnesses you could list all start with that same handful of uh, whatevers. Is this somebody they've tested or is this somebody they're claiming they have the swine flu? Claiming. All right. Is there a Disneyland? Is there a Disney pig character that we can uh, that we can reference I don't think here? Disney has a pig character. Who's Petunia Pig? Is Petunia Pig Porky Pig's girlfriend? I believe so. Yes. All right. So there's no way I can tie this into some sort of to a Disney film. All right. Please don't do that. Is that from the Lots of Laughs service? Sure is. That's wonderful. Excellent. It's very timely. Maybe maybe tomorrow they can do like some sort of a Babe song. You know what I mean? Like a That'll Do Pig, but it'll be like um, something, something dead, bleeding pig. I got or a parody song, Little Pig Houses for You and Me. <laughs> well done. Just a suggestion. These are the top five pig songs of all time, Tim Riley. Number two, Black Sabbath, War Pigs. This is a fantastic song. And, and you know, even when I was a teenager and I would listen to this, it would freak me out. Because it has that weird air raid uh, siren thing happening, which is just a universally unnerving noise. Uh, it sort of resonates with everybody. This, I believe, is the... I think it might be the final track on the uh, on the Paranoid album. Which is the one that you know has, of course, the title track, Paranoid. And I think the album was supposed to be called uh, War Pigs. Until the success of, uh, of Paranoid, the song... It is. Well, and it was like, that was their whole thing. is like, let's play as slow as humanly possible. I think they realized, because their guitarist only has three fingers, and so I think there was a sort of, I think they came to uh, an understanding at some point that they couldn't play all that quickly. So they had no choice but just to uh, do everything as a dirge. Excellent. These are the top five pig songs of all time. Tim Riley. Number one, the Beatles with Piggies. This is also a creepy song. It's a pleasant little ditty. Yeah, but there's no reason why this song should be unnerving, and yet it is. Well, the pig, the, pig. <laughs> the pig noises don't help. Because then you're just picturing that Mason Verger guy or whatever from Hannibal just sort of oh. feeding someone into a hog. Bad. Do you want to help me feed the pigs? <laughs> that's just my, uh, that's my artist rendering of the voice. I'm not really Gary Oldman. That's going to end up on a promo. <laughs> Excellent. All right, straight ahead, we will wrap up the news with Tim Riley. Stay there. It's a Rick Emerson show on Rock 101 KUFO. Putting the cult in pop culture. My eyes, the goggles do nothing. The Rick Emerson Show returns on Rock 101 KUFO. We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson Radio Show. Thank you for joining us today. It is 503-228-4101. Don't forget, you can hear this show in its entirety via podcast anytime at KUFO.com. You can also go to RickEmerson.com and find out uh, more about that. Uh, our feature interview with Kiefer Sutherland is up online right now. So we played, uh, I don't know, about 8, 9, 10 minutes of it. Uh, the entire interview with Kiefer Sutherland went about 42 minutes, and that is up online at KUFO.com. Also, our Queensryche interview, uh, the Harry Shearer interview, and uh, you know, all of the, all that stuff, uh, Brett Michaels. All of our interviews are up at KUFO.com. 
dot com, uh, as is the podcast of this show each and every day, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, in just one moment, we will pay final visit to Tim Riley at the news desk. We're going to take this opportunity to take caller number 10 at 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. We will take caller 10 for a six-cell starter gardening system from Light Manufacturing Company, which includes a three-month supply of Golden Grow nutrients, a uh, submersible pump, a 24-hour ti- uh, timer, a pH test kit, and is fully expandable. That is a, a six-cell starter gardening system from Light Manufacturing Company. That will go to caller number 10 right now at 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. This is Tim Riley at the News Desk. In the News with Tim Riley. Well, there's all kinds of things to tell you about. First of all, swine flu be damned. Jennifer Anderson and Jason Bateman caught in a passionate embrace in an elongated makeout session. Don't worry, it's not real. It's for a motion picture entitled... The Baster. So let me understand that Jason Bateman is actually starring in a movie called The Baster. That's correct, yes. That makes me sad. Can we start calling him, hey, it's the Based Man? He may be the Bastee. No, no, that could not I don't true. believe that's no, the, that's no, not that's true. not that's no, not that no. guy. Based Man. No. Whatever. <laughs> the Craigslist killer was also trolling for transsexual encounters. He went by the username Sex Addict fifty three eighty five. One of those transsexuals who's come forward, he's making the talk show rounds. Today. What do you suppose the fifty three eighty five is for? I was that thinking maybe the count. Or I was thinking his birthday, like maybe it's May third, nineteen eighty five. Hey, look at that. Oh. Okay, so all right, well, well spotted, Sarah Dillon. Wait, hold on, I'm going to Google that right now. Hold on, let's see. Uh, that makes him a Taurus. Uh, what is it? The sex? he's probably offline right now. <laughs> he's busy. Um, <laughs> he's busy doing other things. He doesn't have to be <laughs> trolling for anything at this moment. <laughs> no, the uh, I think they come and find him. <laughs> that's. The sex addict. What, what is it? Sex addict. What? Fifty three eighty five. Would you ever do that thing where you go to Google and you start typing something in and it gives you a bunch of suggestions? Boy, you you start typing in sex addict, you get all kinds of things here. And then you get a return email. Hi, this is sex addict fifty three eighty five. I heard you were looking for me. Five three eight five. Uh, you're right. He probably doesn't have to go seeking a lot of those encounters at this point. That's sort of a mountain coming to Mohammed uh, sort of thing. I yes. think at this point. Here we go. Sex addict five three eight five. Um, let's see. Um, oh God. Okay, sex addict five three eight. At what dot com? I guess it, that would be Craigslist, wouldn't it? No, no. But I mean, what was? But I mean, did it like? Uh, in other words, it oh, sounds it's, like it's that was at a, Yahoo. It was a Yahoo because I'm finding a profile at strikegently dot com, which doesn't really sound like it's very gentle at all. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let me turn off my volume. Well, that could case, be uh, like something. his third identity. He was several people. All right. Let's see here. Um, oh no, this is just a news story. So I was, I was, I mean, it wasn't like he was transsexual troll. <laughs> the, let's see here. No, I got nothing. I was trying to find, like, if he had a, like a profile, uh, or something here. No, apparently not. Oh, apparently, uh, apparently he sent multiple naked photos of himself, including his genitalia. Mm. Right. Is there a porn star named genitalia? That would be funny. It seems like there ought to be. Mm-hmm. That's almost certainly conquered ground at this point. Here's, uh, Tim Riley. And uh, one more, Florence Henderson is going on 75 and also going topless. And, uh, but see, but you keep saying that, but it's not Florence Henderson. It's Shirley Jones. Darn it. You're right. I keep doing this wrong. And I've read it like 100. Every I single time you've read that today. Well, maybe she'll get jealous and decide to do it herself. Uh, like just the law of averages indicates that you would occasionally uh, name the right actress. But I mean, they are, they are very similar. I will I will give you that. I bet if you put them both together and you said, who is this? And half the people get it wrong. I mean, well, it, probably. Um, they're sort of very, they are flip sides of the same coin, I would say. So they are on tour now as we speak. 
They're not on tour yet. But, but they're going to be. Going to be. That's they won't fantastic. be here, though. Uh, by the way, so I'm just uh, looking here, and it's very difficult because it, when I'm uh, Googling sex addict 5385, it's like I'm just He's getting... not going to answer at this point. No. I, his status <laughs> is uh, bleeding. Uh, so I'm With looking... the unhappy face, the upside down <laughs> smile. <laughs> status violated. <laughs> Uh, funny. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it just, it, all I'm getting here is just the news uh, stories using this phrase. In other words, like his actual profile is, uh, his actual profile is, is not to be found at this point. That's like when we found, what's her name, the profile of that, that Ashley, whatever that skank was that was getting it on with the, the, the governor of New York, Ashley du, Dupree. Oh, the one who's trying to be a singer? Yes. So and, aren't they all? Uh, and it, it was, it was, but it was, it was difficult to search for her username because every time you do, you would just get like results from the New York Post or something. Oh, hey, it was sex addict five three eight five at Gmail uh, says this story here. No, you might as well write. Ask him how he's doing. All right. So, dear guy, how's life? How are things? What's happening? All right. Uh, it is the Rick Emerson Show. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up next, Smells Like the 90s at 9 with our friend Buzz. We want to thank Cena Radio correspondents Jim Roop, Lisa Desjardins, and Steve Kastenbaum, as well as Don Taylor from Cinematical and Katie Darrell from TMZ.com. The Rick Emerson Show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for Rock 101 KUFO in the newsroom. Tim Riley on the phone's Greg Nibbler. The web mistress is Bridget from upstairs. The CBS Radio Portland marketing guru is Susan Don't F with Me Reynolds. Executive producer Christopher J. Paddock. Smells Like the 90s is next. It is Tuesday, April 28th, 2009. My name is Rick Emerson, and that is The Frequency. Kenneth, thank you for listening. Be safe. See you tomorrow. Bye.